0: Sox fans, Alyssa Bergamini, your in game host for your Chicago White Sox. And you are watching the best podcast on the
1: south side of Chicago, South Hitman. Make sure you tune in.
2: listening to the Ballroom Network, the following program is intended for all audiences. Welcome to the South Burbs Hitmen Podcast with your hosts, Joe Mandel, Steven Zim Zimmerman, Vinnie Parisi, and Chris Gonzalez. We're bringing you the White Sox coverage you need from the perspective of true Southsiders. Grab your Comiskey dog with an ice cold beer and meet us at section 155. Everyone get on your feet for your South Burbs Hitman. That ball hit deep.
3: Way back. You can. Put it on the board.
0: Yes. Jimenez in the air. Left field. He's your hero tonight. Over the head of Jenks, Uribe charges, throws, out! And the White Sox have won the World Series! Alexei! Yes! 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 History! A perfect game by Mark Burley, and what an unbelievable, unbelievable play by 21! It starts
2: now. What is going on, everybody? And welcome to South Sitman. Hitman. I am one of your hosts, Joe Mandel. I'm joined by my White Sox brother in arms, Vinny Parisi, who's wearing a colorful dad hat in celebration of Father's Day, of course. Uh, and of course, he just has to look good. Vinny, how you doing, buddy?
3: I'm styling, I'm wilding, it's hot outside, I am ready to go, it is baseball season, I'm just, I'm vibing right now, the hats, it's, we're getting into 4th of July season, I heard some fireworks yesterday, I run the red, white, and blue, I'm going to a game that the Chicago White Sox are playing this Sunday against the Baltimore Orioles, they will be wearing the red, white, and blues, I assume, Sunday home game, family Sunday, I'm ready to rock.
2: That's right, buddy, we are ready to rock, it's going to be a great show tonight, of course, our other White Sox brothers, Chris Gonzalez and Stevenson Zimmerman, couldn't be with us tonight, but uh, Gonzo did prepare his White Sox weekly video, so you will be getting a little treat with that later. If you're dying for a Gonzo fix, just like I know we all are, <laughs> Vinny Vin, Vin, Vin laughs at that. <laughs>
0: no, <that's> just, <laughs>
3: just the, the way you were like, just like we all are. It was really. Funny.
2: I, I can I can't get enough of Gonzo. I mean, let's be honest. Um, but Vinny, uh, you know, top of the mind. Some talking points for the top of the show. Tim Anderson's back today, man. How about that?
3: Tim Anderson is sick. I mean, the White Sox did better without him. Not in terms of Mm win-losses. Still not happy with the win-losses. But what I will say, A.J. Pollock, for the most part, and then it was Danny Mendick a little bit there at the end, I think they did a good job replacing decent production from the leadoff spot in the batting order now yeah it it really matters two ways right first at bat of the game okay that's the leadoff guy yep ben anderson is one of the best in the world at taking advantage of being the first hitter in opposing pitcher sees but then it's late in the game with you get the extra at bat right like normally one through five always have like one one more at bat than the rest of the lineup I'm not gonna lie. You're not. You're never gonna get Tim Anderson like reincarnated. Like Tim Anderson is special for a reason. But those guys, they they did it as admirable as I would have thought they were gonna do. And I'm not gonna lie. I'm happy about it. But getting him back, it feels just a little bit different. He sets the tone. He plays good shortstop. So Tim Anderson. It's a it's a big shot in the arm, man.
2: It's big stuff. I know we're happy to have him back. And Luis Robert just with a bomb, two run blast. White Sox lead the Toronto Blue Jays 5-2 in the bottom of the third. It's a good start, Finney. The offense, uh, that's one thing I wanted to talk about too. This offense is alive again. I mean, they got a little bit shut down yesterday, but for the most part, this team seems to be uh, putting things back together offensively. You got to imagine Tim Anderson being part of this lineup again is going to hopefully help kickstart things here. And we got some updates today, and that's another thing I want to, dig into you. You wrote a great article today on Southside Showdown about Rick Hahn's press conference before the game. So Vinny, why don't you give us a little breakdown about what Rick Hahn had to say today because he brought
3: a lot of news. Yeah, before that, really quick though, I want to get one comment in on Luis Robert. Man, is he good. Yeah, I mean, the, good. P- the power, the power we hope comes back. I will say this, yesterday's loss, they lost four to three to the Houston Astros, right? And they lost the series. Each team had a dominant win going into it. And then the third rubber match was like a one run game. The White Sox came up a run try. I think that's the first time I wasn't like legitimately pissed after a White Sox loss, probably in weeks, because it was just one of those games that you lose. Every team loses 60. Like that's one of them to me. Close game. Yep. Exactly. And you didn't look like dog crap. You didn't blow it. Like Tony LaRusso didn't really mess anything up. Like that's not the reason they lost yesterday by any means. So. I liked it. Luis Roberts been on fire. He had an RBI double yesterday, I believe it was, and he just cranked one today. Luis Roberts been great with the contact and getting has. on base. He like especially lately. You add power into that mix, and then you get that MVP caliber player that we. <laughs> Vinny,
2: Vinny, it's like he took my criticism last week personally. Yeah. I like talked about how he's not a five to a player, about how he's swinging at all the crap pitches in the dirt, about how he's got no patience at the plate. And then he just comes out and rakes. I love it.
3: And, and, you were criticizing him for all things that he deserved to be criticized about, and he still had an OPS in the high 700s and a batting accuracy, 270 playing elite defensive center field. Like, that's Luis Roberts' floor, is everything. Like, if Leury Garcia or Josh Harrison played like you were criticizing Luis Robert for playing, this would be a 100 win ball club, like, no doubt at all. And that just goes to show how great he is. But to get to your original question, Rick Khan, man, I, I knew. Him hearing that he was talking, people were back and forth on what it was going to mean. And, you know, there were some people on Twitter saying he does this at the start of every homestand. I don't recall him doing it at the start of every homestand, at least not where it's like announced like, oh, Rick Hanna speaking later today. And Tim Anderson's coming exactly. back. We knew He's that Yohan Mankata, <laughs> yeah, and Yohan Moncada was either going to go on the I.L. or we were going to get some kind of update on him. Luckily, it's just a 10 day I.L. stint. And that was what allowed Anderson to return to the uh, roster. But the positive updates on um, Yasmani Grendahl, Liam Hendricks, Eloy Jimenez playing designated hitter for the Charlotte Knights starting tomorrow. He'll probably be there for another week or two. And then he'll rejoin the Chicago White Sox probably right around 4th of July, maybe a little after is my prediction, probably right before the all-star break. He'll probably get a couple series in and then he'll, he'll take the all-star break, get ready to go for the second half. I think that's, best case scenario for Eloy Jimenez. The only real negative update we got from Rick Han in the dugout was Aaron Bummer. And as right. we know, when Aaron Bummer is running into bad luck and doesn't have his proper command, he stinks. He's not good. But then when he has his stuff, like his, his, yeah. for him and guys just beat it into the ground or flat out, miss it out. Right. And then the breaking stuff is nasty. Um, the off-speed stuff, he's one of the best relievers in baseball. Well, I'd rather gamble with that guy than like run, you know, Kyle Crick out there or Bennett (laughs) So Hopefully that he's okay, but it it didn't sound encouraging like he was going to be back in short order. So that's really the only negative thing I got from Rick Hahn today.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, You know, I think we got to take it for what it was because I was, my heart dropped for a second. I thought Liam Hendricks might be announced to have been out for a long time. I think we dodged a bullet there, so that's great news. But we got through our opening talking points, and now we can go and move on to our special guest for the night, guys. We have a fantastic show for you, and uh, we have a very special guest. Sean Sierra is joining us from SportsZone Chicago. Sean, thanks for taking the time to be with us tonight, man.
1: What's up, guys? How we doing?
2: Oh, we're doing great, man. Very we're good, looking man. forward to talking some White Sox with you. And uh, they're off to a good start tonight.
1: <laughs> yeah, they are. They're up five-two. Uh, Lou Bob just parked one deep in the left field bleachers. So uh, hopefully tomorrow, when uh, when I'm there, I will catch one of those deep bombs from Lou Bob or Yo No, Yo Yo's on the ten day, or uh, or Obreu, one of them.
2: Hey man, we'll take a bomb from anybody we can get right now. <laughs> but hey man, this team's got starting to get get hot, and that's all you got to do now that the weather's warming up. I think we knew it was all coming. Tim Anderson's back. But I got to ask you, Sean. While we have you here, there's been so much criticism the last few weeks of Tony La Russa. We've been the same. We've we've been feeling the same vibes. Uh, the, the inconsistent lineups, the bullpen management. Uh, just got to get your thoughts on Tony before we dive deep into this White Sox team.
1: Um, I think Tony has Tony hasn't done a good job, but you know, you're asking him, you know, to uh, to kind of work miracles. You know, um, how many guy? How many times have we had a full team? You know how many times have we had? How many times have we had guys who are 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 hitting to their potential? So Tony's kind of handcuffed here. I mean, some of the lineup construction. Don't get me wrong. Laurie Garcia betting first is ridiculous. Um, you don't want your you know 150 hitter hitting <laughs> up to bat the most times in the game. But other than that, I mean, look at the, the look who's got to work with. You know, Yasmani's not hitting. Yo-Yo wasn't hitting. Anderson and Abreu, well, Abreu was slow to start. Anderson yeah. was pretty much the only guy. Anderson and Luba were the only, pretty much the only guys. Uh Eloy was out. You know, there were there were a lot of guys who just weren't hitting their weight. And it, you know, what do what are you going to do? You know, so some a lot of his, I understand he has different lineups and um, it's a tough call, man. It really is. You know, a part of it, I want to say, hey, you know, I want to jump on the bandwagon, but you got to look deeper. every chance just can't be a meathead, like, oh, it doesn't matter. But look at why he has different lineups. Why does he have to do that? All right, put your ass in his spot and you you got guys who are who you're paying 40 50 60 70 million dollars and they're hitting 130. all right do you keep them yeah. up there no there's a it's still a game it's still it's still a business and you got to win and if the if these guys who aren't uh who are being paid big bucks aren't hitting then you move them down in the lineup or you get them out of the lineup and give them a, give them a break and so you know Tony is uh he, he's been put in uh he's in a really really tough situation you know it's because this team was supposed to hit. They didn't hit initially, and hopefully now they start hitting. Because if they start hitting, Tony's gonna look like a genius. But if they don't, everyone's gonna, still gonna be on them, and people are still gonna, you know, that one. You know, a lot of people are looking at the, uh, at the, uh, the walk to uh, Trey Turner. You know yeah, that one, two, one, two, and if you, and here's here's the funny part. Every yeah, uh, everyone gets on Tony and blah 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 blah. But you know what? You know who the mo- most of the people who get on Tony are? the Little the stat nerds. All right, guys who've never played the game, and what did Tony do? But Tony went by the stats. He literally went by the stats. He went by the stats and said, hey, listen, Trey Turner is, you know, against this lefty pitching is pretty damn good. Okay? Uh, Max Muncie. on the other hand, right after him, he just came off of injury. Before he came, first of all, he just came off of injury. Secondly, against lefties, he wasn't good. And thirdly, before he went on the, uh, before he went on the IL, he wasn't hitting. He wasn't hitting for shit anyway. So you're talking about that's a perfect <laughs> thing, and it just backfired because if he grounds into into an out, you're like, oh my god, Tony, who? No wonder he's a Hall of Fame manager. He got this guy to got it, it you know, ground into an out and get. It, it's one of those things that it just. That's why sports is is so beautiful. You know, that's why sports is so beautiful.
3: Absolutely, Sean. And first of all, hello. Thank you for up, coming baby? on our show. I, I want to ask you something really quick that has nothing to do with the White Sox. Do you remember me, and do you know I give you a fair amount of credit for me being where I am right now?
1: Uh, I do remember you, <laughs> Vinny, of course. Uh, I do not know why you give me credit. Um, <laughs> I've Obviously, the check cash or something. So uh... No,
3: you invited, me on, you invited me on Sean and Maya in the morning back in uh-huh. 2019 when the White Sox still sucked. And we talked about them rebuilding and, hey, when are they going to call up Luis Robert? And when is Johan Moncada going to like really take it to the next step? And how long is Jose Abreu going to stick around? And then the pandemic <laughs> comes and all this stuff happens. And here we are today. I, it was the first time I ever spoke on like a podcast type, you know, platform. And uh-huh. now I
1: basically do it for a living. <laughs> oh, dude, that's awesome, man.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, that's, that's really awesome. Fun. Yeah. It, it's a lot of fun, and so thank you very much for that. Um, so earlier today, I was wondering, what, like, what am I going to ask Sean? Like, outside of, you know, bringing up the whole radio thing. I'm thinking, well, we got to talk about pitching. When you talk about the Chicago White Sox, you bring up the pitching rotation. You got Lance Lynn on the mound today, working a curveball to a T. tee. Uh, you never saw Lance really throw curveballs ever, and now today he's just pumping them out left and right, throwing guys like George Bringer and stuff off sides or off their – typical off, off balance off except balance. that go
1: except that gopher yeah. ball he threw uh, last inning but <laughs> yeah, yeah except for that one they're all they're, the exactly. good but then you got Kopech,
3: <laughs> Giolito cease what's your take on the rotation as a whole and do you think it could be like a American League Central Division winning rotation?
1: Yeah of course it can you know it, there's just a couple things that need to happen. Uh Lance Lynn needs to stay healthy. Um uh Lucas Giolito needs to grow up and by that I mean he, he you can tell his body language it's really bothersome to me. Well, when I watch him, when I watch him pitch and things don't go his way, he gives up a couple hits and you can see, cause he starts, he gets fidgety on the mound, he'll walk around the mound. He's really, really his body language. And maybe this is me from being a coach for so long, you know, I'm playing, you know, uh, at a professional level, I can watch body language. I understand it. As you can tell, he's frustrated. He's, he's frustrated. Yeah. And you know, great pitchers, you can't tell if they're up five or down five, you know, it's just, it's calm, cool and collected. You know, they walk off the mound, whether they gave up, you know, 10 runs in an inning or they, you know, had, a, had an immaculate inning like there have been a couple this year, so or one this year. So, you know, it uh, it, he's got to get his, his psyche, and I don't know what the hell's wrong with him. He they brought his you know, Ethan Katz over for him. I mean, did they have to go back and get you know, James McCann as well? I mean, I don't know, I don't know what this, <laughs> they need to do for this guy. Um, you know, because when he's on, he's on. All right, then Dylan Cease might have the best stuff of everyone on the staff. This dude is incredible. Remember the last couple of years, Dylan Cease was that dude who had that one bad inning. He gave up a big crooked number and then locked you down. I forgot who they were playing. It was a th- it was a second inning, and he gave up four runs. And then, uh after the four, uh, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth, perfect, <laughs> three up, three down each inning. Um, and I were like, if we could, I was just thinking, if we could just get rid of that bad inning, okay, and just come with this perfect stuff, we'd be good. Well, he's He's, he's uh, done that much better. Uh, he doesn't get too rattled, um, although he, he does still get rattled, but he doesn't get as much as rattled as he did before, which, thank goodness, uh, it's just maturity. I think he's starting to, to gain a lot more confidence and get comfortable in who he is and realize that he's pretty damn good. And, uh, you know, Kopeck <sighs> he's got the stuff. He's got the makeup. up uh, Between the ears is with him, too. You know, with him, too. I got to uh, – you know, he, he's – his stuff's nasty. Um, he has a very, very commanding presence on the mound. You know, the guy's like six, what six three, six, ish, somewhere in there. Tall, lanky. You know he's throwing 100 if he wants, although he's dialed that back a little, but he can go back and get it if he needs it. Now he's pitching more. Um, you know, he's got – he talked about the maturity level that he has. Now he's got a couple kids, um, you know, marriage, divorce. So he's, he's actually experienced a little bit of life, you know, at this particular point. So he's a little more mature. Um, and Lance Lynn, you know, I, I love him. You know, I love the—he's he, a guy. he Reminds me of King George from Queen of the South. If you guys watched that on uh, uh, on USA, he's—I yeah, love that. <laughs> um, but I love him. He's—he's—he's—he's he's a, he's a, he's gutsy. He's—he's a, he's a guy who he, you don't think he's gonna ever gonna pull a muscle. He's like one of those guys who just gets up there and throws. Warm him up, and he's good for seven plus if you want, if necessary. So I like this. I like the starting rotation. Hot. Um, did I miss anyone? Gilito sees Queto, uh, Queto Johnny cueto has been phenomenal. You know, he's been phenomenal. Uh, I know I posted a couple, you know, people get so crazy on on social media because I had a you know, I had on Facebook, I had a guy like, ah, I was like, Johnny, like, come on, Johnny, and like, oh, he's and people started coming at me with stats. I'm like, I can't just be mad that he gave up a two run homer, I can't be mad. You know, yeah. I know he. I know he's going. He's probably going to go six. I know he's, he's. He has a. It's a quality start. All right. He just gave up two home run. But I didn't want that shit in the first inning. All right. I didn't want it in the first inning. I just you know, I can't be mad. I got to be. No, like, come on, dude. Stop coming. The cancel and, culture is 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 stupid. But
2: and this guy's our number five starter. I mean, number five. Forget that.
1: He's the only can guy we, who's gone six six can every can every start.
3: Lead the team in quality starts.
1: I want to say. Oh he has to he's the only guy. Oh I should say he has to. I would say yeah, because he's gone he's the only guy who's gone six every inning. So he's gone the, the minimum the minimum amount. And then he's got one, two, yeah. I want to say three, maybe four quality starts. So yeah, for, for a number five guy, holy shes dude. That's that is uh that's that's ace type stuff. But you know what? Here's the thing that I really like. He's a vet. So, you know what, as you get older, and I can speak from experience as a a football player, you know, you lose, you know, father time is undefeated. It doesn't matter what sport you're playing. And as what you trade in with youth and exuberance and speed and explosion and springiness and quickness and twitchiness is, is veteran guy, uh, Experience, so you you know how to cut not necessarily cut corners, but you play smarter. You get a a better IQ. Football, baseball, basketball, it doesn't matter. You get a better IQ. You conserve your energy. You use angles better, and you know you see what he does. He'll slow. He'll slow us down. He'll he'll uh, quick pitch you. You know he'll he'll delay his knee in the air, all to throw the batter off. And it does. And with you know with 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 batters, you throw them off by half a second, uh, not even less than that. You know you got them. So he's doing everything he can. Uh, I hope he doesn't break down. And if he if he can continue this, holy cheese, we got we have a, a really, really, really nice rotation for the rest of the season in the home stretch and hopefully deep into the playoffs.
2: Yeah, no, I totally agree with you there, Sean. And, and that brings me right to my next question. You know, a lot of people talk about this White Sox team and what they need to do to get back in contention. The trade deadline's quickly approaching. What do you think this team needs to take that next step?
1: A kick in the ass. What they really need? Oh no! All kidding aside, they need Tony to stop being a grandfather and needs to be a father figure. All right, you know, grandfathers—if you guys have them—and you have kids, you know, grandfathers—they never argue, they never yell to the kids, they never—you know—they can do whatever they want at grandpa, grandpa's house, grandma's house, you know. But uh, Tony's got to put a foot in these guys. He's gotta—he's gotta get on these guys. And I've said it plenty of times on my show, ad nauseum, on my show. All right, these guys seem to be not focused. A couple guys, all right? Anders Ta is focused. Um, uh, Abreu seems to be focused, but I got other guys like at, at times Lou Bob doesn't seem focused. Like it seems as as its whole they're happy with batting titles, MVPs, Golden Gloves, Silver Sluggers and they feel like they're the hunted. But you're not. You haven't won anything. Okay? You've been to the playoffs two consecutive years, okay? Here here's there you go. You know, and I'll get out of the first round. So, yeah. I don't I don't feel like they have it and I'm going to date myself, but they don't have the eye of the tiger. Okay? They are not the hunters and that bothers me. Okay, until you hoist that trophy, okay, you are going to be the hunters. You can't feel as if you're the hunted. And I don't think they have that mentality. They are not laser focused. You know, I was talking earlier in the season when during the NBA playoffs, I was saying the, the guy who I, who I wanted all the, the White Sox to look like was Jimmy Butler. Now, I didn't, I didn't mean he was going to win the NBA title, but if you watch that guy, how focused he was in, in all of his games, I'm like, that's the type of focus that I need. From these White Sox players, because you haven't done anything, you haven't—you've made the playoffs. Great, you lost two first—you had two first-round exits with a team that's built to to go deep in the playoffs. So, I, I I need their mindset different. I need them to feel as if they are still the hunters. Um, and even if you once you do win it, you still got to be the hunters because now you're hunting your second title. And 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 you know, but I just don't see that attitude. I don't see that that mindset, and it, it it's really really bothersome to me.
2: Yeah, I mean, they they just don't seem to have that fire. I'm with you. I mean, do you do you see them adding anybody at the deadline though? Any position of need to kind of help, maybe help, kind of get that chemistry going? I mean, no. a lot of people have talked about Jazz Chisholm.
1: Yeah, they talked about Chisholm, and he's fine. But I think Mendick's fine too. You move him to second base, and you'll be fine. You know, and you know, there's the the argument at third base with Yo-Yo and um, uh, Berger. All right, you saw today. Burger, burgers, uh, routine ground ball, you know, messes it up. So he, what he gives you on offense, he kind of takes away on defense. So he kind of averages it out. All right, yo yo, at least you know you're you're gonna get solid defense uh, at the hot corner. All right, so you got that issue. But whenever go, everyone comes back, Tim Anderson's back. All right, um, Mendick go, should be at second, but he's out today. And and Josh yeah. Harrison just hit a homer. I was like, yeah, holy so, uh, But then you know, once Eloy comes back, and AJ Pollock, and Adam Engel, and Lou Bob. I like I like this team's chances. They just need a, a swift kick in the ass. And if they can get it, and man, it, it's – this team – I'll put this team up against anybody, okay? Toronto, Blue Jays, New York. You saw what we did to, did to the Yankees, all right? Although the Red Sox – not the Red Sox. Um, was it? Yeah, the Red Sox – no, the Dodgers. The Dodgers gave the it Dodgers. to us. Dodgers, yeah, they um, smoked us. They, they gave it to us. But you know what? They're the creme of the creme, all right? So now you know where you, you talk about a litmus test, a measuring stick. There you go. So they just got to get focused. They just have to um, – this really needs a mind change, a mind shift be that you really haven't won anything. You, you really, really haven't, and you need, need to go get it. You touched
3: on Luis Robert a little bit throughout this podcast so far. He, like you said, sometimes doesn't always look like he has the best body language. Looks like he could use a real kick in the butt every now and then, but at the same time, you look at his numbers, and it's like we have negative things to say about this guy. You know, Even at his worst, his OPS is in the high 700s and his batting It was me last week. I was ripping on Luis last week. 270 batting average. Now he's hot. It's been closer to 300. The OPS is climbing. If he keeps hitting doubles and home runs like he's been the last two or three games, then it's really going to start climbing. People talk about this guy in the MVP conversation before the season starts. Then things don't really start off great. But now we're starting to really see that guy.
1: What's your take on Luis Robin? He pisses me off because he is him and Yoan Moncala probably have the most talent on his team. And when you don't live up to your potential, that's why we, we're, I'm so critical of him. All right. It's not because he's not doing, it's not because he doesn't have those numbers you talk about. He should have those numbers you talk about. This guy is another, he, you know, if he puts his mind to it, he's another Mike Trout. What can I, what can't this guy do? Okay. I mean, except jump and take home runs away. That's Adam English job. But other than that, it's <laughs> he, he can pretty much do everything. He's a five tool player. You want to the same thing, you know, but, you know, he, I don't know what the the issue. I know the issues is between his ears. Okay, john has got no confidence. Lou, uh, Lou Bob um, sometimes is a little because he's so good. Sometimes it seems as if he's like, hey, I'll just I'll just hit a double right here," you know, and very nonchalantly hit a double. And you know, again, that body language is it's like you playing against you know twelve year old kids. You're, like, you're not going to take it serious, you know, uh, and, and you're going to hit a double. And that's what his talent is so great that he can do that at that level, and that's scary. So if he was ever – I mean, you imagine him putting in the work and, and imagine him you know, in the batty cages. I'm not saying he's not. I'm really not. I'm not saying he's not. But if you ever heard – if you ever hear about him working hard like, like a Jose Abreu in the offseason, you always hear about how his work ethic, what he does. If he, if if you ever start hearing rumors about that, that type of work ethic, my God, I, I don't even know what – what stratosphere this kid can be in. And so, yeah, I, yeah. I, I criticize him, and it's not because, you know, he's not doing well, because he's not doing as good as he should.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's – I thought about it last week, and, and, Sean, to a certain extent, how much of that falls on the coaching too because, you know, you a lot of these scouting reports came out of Cuba. You know, he's swinging at everything in the dirt. Uh, his arm is strong, but he doesn't make smart plays in the outfield. Do you put any of that on the coaching?
1: Uh, yeah, of course. Of course you do you know uh, but at the same token it all falls at the end of the end of it it falls on the player All right, because you can coach you can coach a guy up um oh one was deep two run shot beautiful um you can coach a guy up but if he if if they're you know nonchalant, if they're um they don't take the coaching they don't listen you know so you get on the coaches and you're like but but the coach is like but I I told them what to do I told them you know so you you Part of it falls us, so we don't know if that's what he's being told and doing something else. If you ever coach kids, if you have kids, if you ever taught, then you know you you'll tell them exactly what they need to do, and they just won't do it sometimes. So, uh, but at this at this level, at this stage of the game, he knows what to do. You know his base running gaffe uh, a couple of weeks ago where he got Lost caught in on the, on the, the, the game. Yeah, like come on, dude. You know it's that's it's stupid. That's where his not that's the not being focused part that I was talking about. All right, dumb stuff like that is a not being focused part, and that is what's going to get you. That that is going to what's going to cause you lose a game like you did. What if that was a playoff game? What if that's elimination game? What if that's Game Seven? And you get caught like that, you you look like a, a damn fool. Yeah,
2: even more so than he did.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: <clears throat> that, that's so true. We saw Andrew Vonnie at a home run. I think it was a one a solo shot. Solo shot. Yep. Okay. Tim, Tim Anderson got picked off, and I think mm. that probably. Uh, Where the confusion came in, it should have been a two run home run. But then again, would Vaughn have hit a home run had he not got picked off? It depends on your opinion of time and space. But (laughs) um, what do you think of him? I mean, he's just been right there with TA and Luis Robert, Andrew Vaughn, one of the
1: best players on this team so far, at least offensively. I didn't know, I didn't realize I would end up saying this, but he is because I I like Yo Yo in the number two spot, but he is the best number two hitter on this team. He is the best number two hitter that you can we can find. This guy makes contact. Uh, he'll make contact for power. He'll spray it all all over the field. He'll hit it out of the park. This guy he he'll go the opposite way. The thing the thing that I like about him he's so young and you see him going oppo and that's the thing that you that's when a guy gets it. That's when you know a guy's a good hitter and he gets it when you when you when you can you're happy going oppo field. Okay, maybe you can't catch up. Maybe you can't, uh, or maybe they're pitching you away. Okay, a lot of young, young power hitters, they try to hook everything. They try they try and pull everything. They try he's like, No, I'm gonna hit it where you pitch it. You want to pitch it outside or tailing away from me? No problem. I'll take it to right field over this over the second baseman, first baseman's head in front of the right fielder. That sense of maturity is is perfect, perfect for a number the number two hitter, especially when you see TA. TA got on today, the first inning and scored. You know what I mean? So it's like that's the Type of thing that you want, that you you, you love for that because that's what Yo-Yo was supposed to, was supposed to be doing in the number two spot. That's exactly what Yo-Yo was supposed to be doing in the number two spot, but he he didn't do it. But you know what? They 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 found, and this is what this is the the lineup combination. Okay, that everyone's bitching and moaning about Tony with Tony's trying to find a consistent lineup because you know everyone and a lot of people myself included like look, it's early. He's got to figure out what he's got. He's got to figure out because you know what you what you're supposed to have. You know who's, who's supposed to be good, but you got to find out who's good, all right? Just because you're, you're paid $50 million doesn't mean you're going to be good this year, okay? Who's 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 ready to step up to the challenge this year? And he found he found a leadoff guy. Well, we knew we had a leadoff guy in TA, and the number two guy was extremely important. Yo-Yo was there. Yo-Yo got more than enough opportunity, okay, when he came back from his oblique strain and missing the start of the season, more than enough chances, okay? He put Vaughn there, boom, Vaughn should be locked there. You should say, "Hey, listen. Unless you're hurt or getting a day off, you have you are in the number two slot until the end of the season. Period. Um, and then now the number three is the issue, you know. But uh, well, speaking with Vaughn, I just like Vaughn. I like him. He is a he's just a perfect for that two spot. I really like the kid. Humble and uh, plays the game hard and plays it plays it the right way. Love him. Love that kid."
2: Yeah, we got a ton of we got a ton of guys that are, are are doing well offensively. We got a great bunch of great pitchers right now. It's it's all star voting time, Sean. So I'm curious if you had to pick your White Sox all stars right now, uh, who you put in the all star game and how many st- how many players you think we have uh, when the midsummer classic is played.
1: We still got time, not much, but we still have some time. If you you get a guy who gets on a hot streak, I think Lou Bob, uh, Louis Robert, um. Andrew Vaughn, Michael, but he would be an alternate. Um,
2: Yeah, they have him a DH on the ballot for some reason. (laughs) Sucks.
1: We're not going to vote him in as an outfielder. He's a bad outfielder.
3: Yeah, (laughs) that's Um, true.
1: Wow. I don't think you can always put Ta in the conversation. Ta might be part. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's not let's not forget it. You know, the All Star vote is uh, is it's mainly a popularity contest now. Yep. Um, Sure. But TA, but you're right, he might. He might. He's you know, he's been all over baseball. He's a face of baseball, especially for black players, black players in baseball. He's the face of that. You know, he's got he's got more commercials now. Him and for the subway or was it subway? He's got a dairy or, queen dairy, now. Dairy, dairy queen. queen, that's the one, the dairy queen, him and Bryce Harper. Um, you know, he's got Howard Ankin, you know, so his, his face is getting <laughs> out know. there. People people are, are uh are trying are starting to get to be familiar with him. Um, so yeah, I could definitely easily see him starting. Uh the pitching staff. Um, I don't know if we get we we might get Lucas or Cease in there. Um definitely not a starter in the in the all-star game, but we can get one of those guys in. I think Liam would have been um uh gotten in as a closer, although I'm, I'm concerned about Liam. You know, I, I don't like to see forearm tightness. Uh and he even came wow. out and said that his, his uh UCL has been torn since 08. So we're like, holy oh, cheese. So we'll we'll see what what happens with Liam. But uh, I think that's probably that's probably it you can always if you want you, you you know unless there's enough first baseman you're going crazy you can always have Jose abreu as a, as a uh an alternate but Lou Bob I think would probably be our first. Lou bob and ta because T.A.'s hitting 350 did he hit the last time so he was in like 356 350 mm-hmm. something yeah, so yeah that's unreal from a guy who' just an athlete and not a really good baseball player he's turning into one hell of a baseball player
2: yeah well what, what do you think about Kopech's chances
1: after his hot start? I think he needs one more good start against a good team. All right, one more good start, you know, uh, cuz he was on Sunday, wasn't he?
3: Yep. Yeah. Yep. Those games yeah. you
1: can't waste. Those games you cannot waste. You know, you got you got to come in, you got to mow people down so everyone's like cuz he did that uh was it against the Yankees? Um, yeah, he was
2: dynamite against the yeah. Yankees on he national was, like, television. Yes, that's
1: what you need. It's games like that, okay? Against the best team in baseball at the time or if not they're in the top 2. And you mow him down. That, those are the types of games you need to get on the national radar, okay? Because mo- baseball fans know who you are. The casual fan might not know who he is, but real baseball fans know who he is because of his pedigree coming out in the minors and and uh, the expectations. But uh, I I think I, I like him. I think he has a good shot of, of making the All Star game as well. Give me another one or two good starts. Yeah, give me give me one one or no earned runs. Yeah, he'll be good. But a couple couple strike, couple nasty strikeouts, yeah.
3: Yeah, really quick before we let you go, I have one quick question. Mm-hmm. You brought up the Yankees. They're a top team in Major League Baseball. The Mets are right there. They're probably the best team in the National League, at least right now. And they're both going to be very active going into the trade deadline at the end of July. As a Chicago guy, you run a media company called Sports Zone Chicago. Would it piss you off if the Subway Series became the World Series? Or would you actually secretly deep down inside love it? Because I think I would.
1: It, would. it wouldn't bother me. I mean, I'd be annoyed because I know we should be there or you know, because we, we have a good shot. But, yeah. you know, I was really hoping that the Cubs would have kept that team together because I really would have liked a Red Line World Series here, to be honest with you. That would have been dope. Um, you know, it would be great to see a whole bunch of Cub fans crying after we beat them and f- probably five. You know, we'll let them have a game just to, just to be nice. um we won't do to them what we did to the astros we we'd give them a game um but yeah, as far as the new York series that mm, would suck because new york's they, they they talk I mean I lived in New York for a couple of years and you know a lot a lot of smack talking and you know sure yeah
3: it would be cool from more baseball perspective, but from a Chicagoan perspective.
1: Yeah, Chicago, that's probably the best way to put it. From a Chicagoan yeah. perspective, no, I wouldn't like it. I wouldn't like it at all. Just, you know, the Evil Empire, what are they going for, the 75th World Series or something like something, that? I something that. like that. Yeah. 76, yeah. know, 77. You know, back when there were only like <laughs> six teams, eight teams. See, that's what kills me. You know, like the, the New Yorkers in, in Boston because I went to school in Massachusetts. So I got out of the park, the Con Harvard yard type, you know, my friends over there. That's some chowder. Clam chowder. chowder. It's wicked piss over here. And they... <laughs> They would talk about all oh, the Boston Celtics, the Boston Celtics. I'm like, dude, there are eight teams in the league. There were eight teams in the league. You had it's not like you, you know you had the best team, all right. But there was no free agency. There was no, you know. i was like, okay, you you won your championships, but there are eight teams in the league. Let's keep that in mind, dude. There's players were moving from team to team, and yeah. these guys are working other jobs as well. Like, don't give me that nonsense. Like, okay, it, it's historic. It's in the record books. But let's take it with a big uh, grain of salt. There are eight freaking teams in the league.
2: <laughs> yeah, you've yeah, definitely got to take it with a grain of salt. Um, tended on a high note with the White Sox. I, I gotta mm-hmm. ask you this last question about them. Yeah. They've got they had a brutal June. They, they, they had a really tough schedule. They played a lot of really hard teams, the Yankees, the Blue Jays, the, the Astros, mm-hmm. uh, the Dodgers. Tampa Bay, the Dodgers. Now we're going into June and July. They have one of the easiest schedules the rest of the way playing a lot of division opponents. Um, I made a prediction last week that by the end of July, this White Sox team would be in first place. I'm curious, uh, do you think that this team can win the division? And if so, uh, do you envision them uh, having a hefty lead or cutting it to the wire?
1: Yeah, well, this team can easily win the division. You know, you, you this team can go on an 8-10 game win streak in no, no, no time. You know, for me, I don't really give a damn about win streaks. Just give me series. The only win streak I want to hear is how many series have we won. We won four yeah. series, won five series, won six series in a row. And people don't realize, you know, you can never have more than a three-game winning streak. You know what I mean? Like, it's and all of a sudden, you know, you're doubling your wins, all right? And and that's the thing is, like, you know, Ozzy used to say that back in 05. He's like, just I just want to win the series. Two to one, two to one, two to one, two to one. Just keep it going, all right? Nothing crazy and nothing – you know, wow! Well, they got a, a fourteen game winning streak like the Braves, and uh, nobody cares. Dude, it doesn't matter. What matters is your, is your consistency to win series. Your consistency because if you're, it it, it plays, it plays a part in, um, in, in down the stretch, and it plays a part in the postseason. Okay, when you're used to okay, we're it's a close game. You win some, you lose some, but you win more than you lose. When the pleasure gets on, sphincters aren't gonna tighten, like our old uncle or drunk uncle Hawk Harrelson used to say. Sphincters ain't gonna tighten because you're you're used to this. This is something that you you played in, There's something that you're able to perform in. There's nothing like experience, and if you experience it all the time, and also a loss won't kill you. It's not mentally, that is. You know, you lo- if you lose say you lose the first game of a series in a postseason, you're not gonna be like, Oh, woe was me, woe was me. No, like, okay, it's one series, one game. We got we have to lose three more, so we gotta win four. So let's go. So I I I, I love the, um. I, I love that that mentality. If they can get back to that and grinding the grinding it out, you know, back to their one of their old slogans back in the day, um, I think they can definitely win, definitely win this this, this title, um, I, the essential title. I mean, the uh, American League Central. I also think they can run away with it. I don't think they will, but I think they can. Um, I think with all the you know, you go, you give me a five-game win streak, lose one. Give me a four-game win streak, lose two. Give me a five-game win streak, boom, 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 boom. And, and most of these games you talked about are in the division. That that adds quick, you know, because every time you play a, a, a team in your division, it counts as a whole game, not just a half a game. And you know, it counts as a whole game in the standings. That you know, at the at the last out. So we get we get a a couple of good games against Minnesota. All right, gain a few games. Well, we don't even worry about that. We need to get the Cleveland. Guardians. I had to. I had to make sure I was correct with that one. Yeah, you no, know, it's, it's gonna it's, take a while to get used to. <laughs> it, it does, dude. So you don't worry about Minnesota. Minnesota's at first, right? You can't go from so you go from third to, third to second. So You worry about Cleveland. Catch Cleveland. All right, put them in your rearview mirror, and then you go after uh, Minnesota. So just take it day by day. You know, we still have over. what we have, sixty something, sixty. So we got hundred and twenty-ish games left, give or take. Yeah. You got plenty of time. Um, but I would like to see people getting hot. I would like to see. Now that the weather's warming up, I want to see this being a launching pad. All right, Andrew, you said Andrew Vaughn just hit one beautiful. Lou yeah. Bob just hit one beautiful. Bray needs to connect another one, another one today, or, or on one today as well. So I want to start seeing that ball go out um, because this team, when 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 rolling, when, when everything's on, all the cylinders are firing, holy cow, this team is danger, and it was constructed that way. And I can't tell you how much I love being a, a fan of the South Side absolutely. Yeah, it's
2: it's the best feeling in the world, especially when you get that playoff game, that blackout game last year. Insane! Uh, it's something to just send uh, adrenaline through your veins. That's something I want to feel every day.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't have to wear my black jersey or you know the black shirt, but yeah, black. You know, and those are cool. You know, those are really cool because the, the crowd uh, gets hyped. The crowd gets more hyped than they usually do because you know, uh, Sox fans are a little are a little nuts. So, uh, but those bit. type those types of uh, of games, those novelty games like the blackout games, dude. It, it, the intensity is on ten when you walk in. You know, I mean, you don't need a home run or a double play or a great, you know, a throw, a uh, uh, an assist from the outfield. You're walking in and you you feel the fever pitch, and you can cut the intensity with a knife on, on those types oh, yeah. of games. And it's all then they'll, they'll use, if it's that game they'll usually give you a white towel. So you got the white towels, the you know, waving towel, in the yeah. air, the rally towels. Oh man, it's you know the marketing there. I mean, it's across baseball, but hell what i'm talking we're talking socks the marketing for the white Sox can be pretty damn cool and and again i love being you know a, a fan of the south side because you don't have we have a blue out game and wrigley field like no you don't you know no it's a blackout not game the same. and definitely definitely not the same not the same
2: <laughs> well sean we we can't thank you enough for spending so much time with us this evening uh, before we let you go, why don't you talk a little bit about Sports Zone? Uh, talk about Sean and Maya in the morning. Whatever you want to talk about on your network, and tell people where they can find you on social media.
1: Yeah, so you can check me out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, the snapper, and TikTok. I've now done a TikTok. Ooh. I've done two, no three. I did a walk with my mom, and I did a couple stuff from uh, from workouts, from my my morning workouts. You see it right there at the bottom of the screen at the Sean Sierra, uh, Sean and Maya in the morning. Okay, it's on Sports Zone Chicago. It's on Facebook. It's on YouTube. Uh, we have our own app, so if you wherever you get your apps from, whether it be iTunes, Google Play, Walmart, Kmart, 7 11 Zemsky Zemski, wherever you get your apps from, you can download it, take it with you on the go, so you can listen to us on your phone. That way, there it is. Yes, sirree, Bob. Um, and then we have we got big news coming up on Friday. I will tell you here, but I can't. You got to wait till Friday. We have uh, we got some pretty big news coming up, so I'm excited. We're growing, uh, and Sean and I in the morning, we're going strong. You know, Sports Zone Chicago has uh, what is it one, two. Three, four, five, four live show, five shows on it. We're going to add a couple more. Uh, we're growing. Things are going really well for us. So check it out, man. It's it's uh, pure Chicago sports. We love it, and uh, you know I, I highly suggest you follow us on all social media platforms: Fa- Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. We're at Sports Zone Chicago, and on Twitter we're at Sports Zone Shy. I was like, who the hell took Sports Zone Chicago on Twitter? You sons of biscuits! <laughs> Come on. But well, it it's Sports Zone Shy, C H I. Sports Zone Shy on Twitter. Um, and, uh, that's where you can find us, man. And, and give us a listen. And, uh, you know, we got, we got great content. We got great shows and, you know, I'm a little bit of a nutball when it comes to my show and you'll, you'll, you'll enjoy it. Cause I'm hundred percent real.
2: Hey man, that's, that's, that's where all the fun comes. I actually made an appearance on second city sports with Sydney Brown the other day. So, oh, uh, it? okay. Yeah. Yeah they, yeah. they had me on with Sid. So that, that was, that was fun. Uh, it's, uh, it's always good stuff. Uh, great, great content. You guys are pumping out. Make sure you guys give them a follow, check them out, give them a subscribe. And Sean, uh, we loved having you on. We'll have you on again sometime soon, and uh, hopefully we can catch you at a ball game this summer, and we can grab a beer.
1: Yeah, um, well, you know what, I will definitely reach out to you guys and have you guys come on. Uh, I can never have too many socks, uh, sock bloggers, socks uh, guys who cover the socks. Can never have too many uh, in my rolodex. So I'll definitely reach out to you guys to come on. Um, as long as you guys are cool, like in the morning, because you know nine to noon. So Always. Right. always up,
2: we're, we're ready whenever we get the call sean
1: <laughs> excellent guys i had a blast man thank you and Vinny. i appreciate this kind wor- kind words man i really do of um, course you know I'm but mostly of you too. Uh, but it's mostly you dog you are the one to decide to stick with it and, and do it and do the thing so it's as much if you want to give me some credit you got to really you know kind of deflect it back to yourself because you you've done the work and you you i i didn't get you to where you got you know what i'm saying i didn't do that you did so you know hats off to you for sticking for finding what you wanted to do, sticking with it the hell with everyone. I'm sure there are some people saying, well, you know, why don't you get a real job? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? Why don't you do this? You know what you said, you know what, screw you. I'm gonna do what I love and I'll never work another day in my life. So you know, congrats to you for follow for have follow having a dream, following it, relentless you know, maniacally following it and getting to this point, dog. Huh? No big deal. You know? I appreciate it. Thank you very much man no problem guys no problem
2: sean we appreciate you man have a great night and uh hopefully we get that w against the the blue jays tonight
1: i'm gonna go go back in the living room and check it out right now (laughs) all right appreciate
2: it sean thanks all right guys no problem i had a
1: blast all right take care all
2: right bye-bye sean sierra man what a great guest man just sean just brings the fire he brings the truth and uh he got the chat room fired up i mean uh there's everyone's out here talking about you know Wrigley Field, and let's see if I got here. Uh Where's where's one of the comments? Just uh, making fun Sands. of them for
3: being corporate and stuff. There's
2: yeah, there's that, and then you got you know folks looking forward to the Sox putting it together, which could be coming up. All those said, blew out of Wrigley's like a sea of losers. Yeah.
3: Um Yeah, you know, every now and then you come across a guest, or in our case, I've known Sean for a couple years now, but you you get a guest on here, and you could just tell right away, like. They know what they're talking about, and they yep. have real emotion towards the teams they cover. They're not just a talking – like, we're talking heads, but, like, uh, it's just a little different with some people. And you could tell Sean, he, get, he lives and dies with every pitch. When the White Sox lose, he's pissed. Luis Robert, for all the talent that he has, having a low 800 OPS, that's not good enough. Okay. Like, you know that he can reach like certain pinnacles, like a Mike Trout pinnacle and be a Hall of Famer and be considered the greatest White Sox player who ever lived, because I think that is perfectly within the realm of possibility. So, you know, I, I appreciate guys who appreciate the game just as much as we do. And Sean is clearly an example of that.
2: He is definitely go check out Sports Zone Chicago. Uh, I was, like I said, I was on Second City Sports with, with Sid Brown last week, man. That was that was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Uh, I watched it you live.
3: Know. You were wonderful.
2: Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate that, man. I, mean, I, I swear, when you give me a compliment and you say I did good, I, I feel really, really good about myself. I'm not just saying that. <laughs> I mean it. Um, yeah, and, good. And, I, and I'm kind of jealous that I don't have the same hat as you because I wish I had a, a bucket hat, <laughs> like a dad hat. I should have got yeah, one for Father's
3: Day. We'll get you a bucket hat. Did
2: you see that they're selling
3: South side ones now at the Sox Ooh, games? They're I actually... saw the ugly shirt the other day. You just made me think of it. These people, speaking of ripping on Cub fans, these people are walking around Wrigleyville and they're wearing shirts that say North Side in the same font. What, what? are you doing? That font doesn't represent this <laughs> side of town. Not,
0: Not to at get all. A
3: town versus town on you, but like. Nobody goes to Wrigleyville and thinks of like that culture. No. yeah, I just was so disgusted with the shirt. Like that is not a Cubs thing. You wear your Wrigleyville shirt. I'll wear my Southside shirt. No, 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 no.
2: Wow. That's, that's really something. I'm, I'm looking up trying to find this dad hat um, so I can put it on the screen, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll find it at some point here. I love here. the
3: commitment. <laughs> yeah.
2: I, I'll, I'll get it. I'll get into it during a segment. Um, um, anyway, I totally lost track of train of thought because I'm like concentrated on this dad hat. I've been kind of barred from getting a a dad hat. And and the only, the only instance that I would be allowed to wear it, Vinny, probably is if I were to go on a boat fishing, um, I, my, you know, my wife doesn't enjoy the style and it's one of those things that I, you know, I kind of get, but sometimes you just got to look like a dad, right?
3: Yeah, and it's extremely comfortable. It feels like I'm wearing nothing on my head, and I get to look like this while feeling nothing on my head. So it's a win-win. Exactly.
2: I mean, that's what it's all about at the end of the day. but <laughs> she's gonna be she's gonna be mad that I uh, that I talked about the the dad hat thing. Yeah, but... <laughs> she's,
3: she's gonna ask you for my number just so she could send me a mean text message. Oh my goodness. Patrick Maroon of the Tampa Bay Lightning just scored one of the sweeter goals. Like a second after Stamkos did the same thing, it's now five to two Tampa Bay. Let's go, Bolts!
2: Look at Vinny's going to bring you the hockey talk. There's there's no if-ands or buts about it. And Vinny, I found a hat that might be one of the worst dad hats I've ever seen. The White Sox. I'm going to put it on the screen here in a second because I have to talk about it.
3: <laughs> Let's talk about half all day long. If you want to have a hot wh- hat podcast? I'll do it.
2: I'll sure. Do it. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do that. Um the White Sox. You know the red, white and you talked about the red, white, and blue hats to start the show. The White Sox are releasing a red, white, and blue dad floppy hat. And Vinny, look at this.
3: I'm in. Is that the that's the fourth that looks like the fourth of July hat?
2: Yes, you, it is. Did you,
3: did you see the Fourth of July like actual hats that the players are going to wear?
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I don't yeah. mind those.
3: It's that, but, but floppy.
2: <laughs> but this is this is pretty horrendous. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't see any scenario where I would ever see a person wear this.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's brutal. But it's so ugly that I would wear it.
2: Yeah. If you're in the chat room, I I got to get your thoughts. Just put them in here about this this ugly, sinister, vile hat and you know the worst part about this hat vinny you know how much it, you want to guess how much it is
3: i'll go 45 holy
2: crap yeah 45.99 45 99.
3: 45? <laughs> i know my hats i know my overpriced hats
2: <laughs> vinny said or aldo says the hats are hideous i'm getting one now
3: if i see one at guaranteed great field on sunday i'm buying one I have to yeah, have it. Yeah,
2: 45.99, but you can get free shipping if you use the code heater vinny. Wow. And the MLB Wait shop up. isn't even our sponsor, but
3: um use promo don't, code don't, heater don't, to get your hat free shipping. <laughs>
2: get it shipped for free. Vinny's going to get it shipped for free when he buys it at the park on Sunday. Exactly. Anyway, I had the you got the dad hat conversation going in me. I've been envying your Door County hat all week because I just think it's amazing.
3: I'm gonna wear and, the H out of it all summer. Like people, there are at least 25 more put on your socks videos to come with me wearing it. What do we got? 100 games. I think there's 100 games left on the dot after today, and so I would say about 25 of them I'll be wearing this hat uh, mostly throughout the summer, the really hot days. And then a couple shows here and there. So,
2: there you go. I like it. I was I was very surprised when I saw you put on your socks when you had it on, and I was like, "Man, Vinny must like sleep in that hat at night. It's got to be comfortable."
3: Sometimes I think about it.
2: My dad says he wouldn't pay forty five cents for, for that. Hat.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Let alone forty five dollars. It would probably look the best on him, though.
2: This is true. Yeah, totally surprise dad i got you that for father's day
0: <laughs> Thanks. <son>. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well now i know he'd only pay 45 he wouldn't even pay 45 cents for it so um anyway i digress uh again huge thanks to sean sierra uh, amazing guest go check out sports zone chicago follow him on social media all fun stuff in the world but we're at the segmented portion of our show Vinny and we get to talk about our buddy Tony. We'll keep it short this week since we talked about it a lot with Sean, but this is what we call our segment called La Russa's Locker. Yeah, so I'd say overall Tony has had a better week than he's had um, over the last couple weeks. Vinny, I don't know if there's anyone that's been more critical of Tony Larusa than yourself. So I just got to go to you first. How'd you feel about Tony this week? Um, we obviously know that Jerry's not going to give him the heave ho, but uh, how do you how do you feel about Tony?
3: I do not hate Tony LaRusso the person. Okay. Let's make that very, very clear. When he does something good, I want him. I will praise him. I want to be wrong. Okay. I love the Chicago White Sox more than I love myself. I hope they win the World Series every year, no matter what. Like rooting against Tony La Russa is not what I'm doing when I criticize him. Okay. It's like. It's like criticizing the president of the United States. No matter what side of the aisle you fall on, you can't root against the president. You have to root right. for Like It's the same thing as rooting for your favorite baseball team's manager. Or same with Rick Hahn. If you don't like Rick Hahn, you still hope he makes good trades so the White Sox are good. Like Exactly. I will never – it's not a personal agenda when it comes to Tony Larusa. It is what my eyeballs are telling me is going on. When I see Liuri Garcia's 150 batting ass worst hitter on the roster leading off, I'm going to make fun of Tony La Russa for it. Today, I called out something that proved me wrong. I was ready to come on this show and moan about Josh Harrison playing second base instead of Danny Mendick now that Danny Mendick is no longer playing – um, shortstop because Tim Anderson came back. Okay, you put Burger at third. I hate that too, but I get that. At least, at least Berger is a third baseman. Okay, Mancada's hurt. I'd rather Harrison be at third and Mendick at second. And, and totally, but I then agree. again, you want Burger's bat in the lineup. So, like, I understand all this stuff. I I hated Harrison. Harrison comes out and he plays elite defense. He had the sweet diving play a couple minutes ago and. I kind of understand the logic. Lance has been giving up balls like through the middle a little bit in his AAA starts. And so far to start his major league season, you want the better defender. That's Harrison right now. And he hits a two run home run. Tony, I was wrong. Starting Harrison today was a genius move. I would have started Mendick. I I still think I probably would start Mendick more going forward. But today, the stars aligned for Tony. If Muncy would have beat a ball into the ground and forced the game-ending ground ball play. There were two outs. So everyone was talking about double play. There were two outs. I, I would have had nothing to say about walking Trey Turner. I still can think it's a stupid move and admit it worked. Tony's move that I disagreed with earlier worked. And I, this one I'll admit I was wrong about. But I, I'm not going to sit here and act like the stuff with Turner or batting Leary lead off. Or
2: by the way, by the way, look at these stats from the last week of Larry.
3: I, okay, exactly. And he's hurt now. And I wish no ill will on anyone. I don't want anyone to be hurt. I want everyone healthy. Leary Garcia actually is a nice twenty sixth man on a roster, but he is not used as such. He's used as like a starter. For the most part, a starting utility. Mm-hmm. He, they use him the same way the Cubs use Ben Zobrist. Ben Zobrist, World Series MVP, won the World Series in back-to-back years with the Royals and Cubs. Leary Garcia has the ability to go zero for ten in a week. Like there, it's a little bit different. So, yeah. you know, I don't have any actual critiques of Tony from the last couple days because on Friday they just got killed. You know, if a, just a bit. If the greatest manager who ever lived, if Terry Francona in his prime was managing the White Sox on Friday night, they would have got killed. And if Terry Francona in his prime was managing the uh, White Sox on Saturday, they would have won. Same thing, 7-0. There were no in-game, and I don't have anything against them on Sunday. So right now, Tony's fine. They're winning right now. But when I call him out for something, that doesn't mean I don't like them Do I think he can lead the White Sox to a World Series championship? I don't. I don't. I hope I'm wrong. I I will have my hand up at the World Series parade if I'm wrong. But I'm not sure what the answer is. That's my soliloquy on Tony LaRusso this week. I like
2: the soliloquy. Uh, I I feel better about him this week, and um, I just hope he continues to get some consistency in the lineup. That's really what I'm looking for at the end of the day. But uh, I tell you what we're not looking for, Vinny, and that's for guys to have bad performances in a segment that well, – I can't remember what the heck is it called, Vinny. What's the segment called?
3: Ooh, that segment. Ooh, you know, Joe, forgetting it, it kind of makes you seem like a dud. That's right. Like an Adam dud of the week. You suck.
4: You suck. Suck. Stupid. Ozzy. No excuse.
0: What? What? Dud. What a total, total
2: dud. Yeah, Vinny. There were some pretty bad performances on the team this week. Um, I've nominated four guys specifically, um, and I'm sure you'll probably pick at least one of them for your Adam Dud. I'll let you lead things off. Who is your Adam Dud of the week? Because there's been a few stinkers.
3: Yeah. So I'm going to take a guy for a specific reason. I want to talk about him, and I want to. Send a little message. I'm taking Lucas Giolito. Lucas Giolito last week in his start against the Houston Astros, five innings, seven hits, eight earned, two home runs, three walks, and a hit batsman. Okay. Giolito is right there with Kopech and Cease for the best arm talent in the rotation. I believe that. When he's on, his stuff is unhittable. When he's feeling good, his stuff is unhittable. In fact, against the Houston Astros in his career, he had an opponent batting average of under 200 and an OPS below uh, 700. Like just dummying Houston Astros hitters in his career. Few White Sox players can say that. I believe he has two career complete games against them. You might remember the one last year that – kept the White Sox from really getting destroyed by the Astros. They got swept by them in Houston, and then they came back to Chicago, and you were a little worried how it was going to go because they had lost that game one of the series. So a four-game losing streak to the Astros. He comes in and throws a complete game shutout. I believe the White Sox won 10 to nothing that day. Giolito was just dynamite. Okay. He's really good against the Avs in his career. He got shelled. My problem with Giolito – It's kind of like what Sean brought up. He just goes out there and he seems like like he's waiting for his talent to take over. It's almost
2: pouty. It's almost pouty.
3: Yeah. And, like, I'm a Giolito guy. Okay? I like the Italian. Okay? I'm rooting for Giolito. Kopech's my favorite pitcher on the team. It has largely a lot to do with being traded for sale. But I'm just cracking the joke. But I I genuinely do appreciate Giolito. I think he's a good dude. Some of the stuff he does for the community, and he's very outspoken on social topics and me and him align on a lot of things. I like Giolito, but man, you got to be better than that. Johnny Quato can't yeah. outperform you. No. And Sean said it best: experience over everything. The brain is the most powerful tool a human possesses. Giolito needs to get his brain to match his arm because he had it there for a while, but the wheels it, it fell m- off, man. Nothing bad. No. Okay. Lucas Giolito, ripping on him is similar to ripping on Luis Robert. There are lots of pitchers who wish they had the season so far that Giolito's had, where it's been up and down, but at least every now and then he puts together a good start. I need the old, I need what Giolito can be, though. Whatever Ethan Katz needs to say to him to get back on that level, I believe it can be done and I believe it can be said. Giolito is the only pitcher in the White Sox rotation to go out and dominate a playoff game in a White Sox uniform. Lance Lynn has done it in the past with the St. Louis Cardinals and what have you.
2: Not last year.
3: Yeah, and last year was brutal. Giolito wasn't great last year, but that game against the Oakland A's, that is the Giolito we want to see because he was the best pitcher I had ever seen in the White Sox uniform for one game in that game against the Oakland A's two years yeah. ago. So I believe in the guy. I don't want him to be an Adam Dud of the week ever again. Um yeah, me either. I I think the sky's the limit for this guy. <clears throat> and if he's your number three, because if Cease and Copec really take off and G does too, but those guys stay doing what they're doing, it's a really good rotation. Yeah, and it's really
2: encouraging seeing Lance Lynn doing so well against an elite team like the Toronto Blue Jays right now. Uh, I'm sure I just jinxed it. I, I shouldn't have said that out loud. Sorry guys. Um
3: but yeah, because the White Sox are two and five at home when they score at least eight runs this season.
2: Wow, well, that that's a really depressing stat, Vinny. Thanks for that. You're <laughs> welcome. But yeah, he knows, he knows, he knows that stuff. Uh, but moving on into the Adam Duds. There's we talked about Larry Garcia, rough week. Um, Matt Foster, uh, who just got put on the bereavement list, by the way. Uh, real, real rough stuff. Uh a third of an inning, three hits, four and runs, two homers, a walk. Um, just brutal stuff. And I I, I hate to do this, Vinny, but we got to put an Adam Dudd spotlight on friend of the show and future guest, Jake Berger. Um, I know he had the hand injury, but he came back. He hasn't looked very good since his return. He's only gone one for 12, batting point. excuse me point zero eight three seven strikeouts i don't like that but he's still got one rbi with and and no walks um you know jake knows he's got to play better he's had some defensive miscues as well um just as a whole i think jake knows and we know that better things are to come uh, from him for sure a rough week for jake
3: yeah i really like jake um you get hit in the hand going to take a minute for you to get your swing back to what it was Oh, for sure so if you're tony you just keep playing him i I hate him at third base he would dh the rest of the year but and then if vaughn has to dh burger would sit that's just how i would run it like because when jimenez comes back jimenez is a better hitter than burger and he plays a position more needed than third base for the White Sox, not saying it's a more important position in the out. Third base is very important. Right. We have Moncada, okay, and so and Jimenez is a better hitter than Burger. I know people recency bias and all that. Jimenez is probably the second best pure hitter on the White Sox, but um, yeah, I, I he'll get back. I'm not really too worried about him. It just sucks he had a bad week following what looked like a very very painful thing, and it was a strike. That's the worst part about it. You know, it didn't even count as a hit by pitch. He had to get back in there and swing again and then eventually left the game. But we'll see what happens with Jake. Can't wait to speak to him.
2: Yeah, man, I'm so looking forward to that. And for those of you who are watching that do not know, Mega News, Jake Berger and his now fiance, Ashlyn Carmelo, will be joining us on the show Monday, July 18th. It is going to be a must-watch show. Uh, we're going to talk with Jake, have some fun, and for those of you who didn't catch the news this week either, not they're engaged, and they just announced the other day they are they have a little boy on the way. They're expecting oh. their first child together. So that's, yeah, a little
3: slider on the way,
2: a little slider is on the way. That's right. If they were having a girl, Vinny, they should have named her Wendy
3: <laughs> or White Castle
2: <laughs> or or my aunt who she said. She told me to ask him this. She goes, "Did you guys ever consider naming your son Cheese?" <laughs> oh <my> God, <laughs> I'm like, or, or, oh. or like
3: Chaz Chaz Burger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I um, would personally. The, jo- the
2: jokes, the jokes never end. Um, yeah. What about Smash? Smash Burger.
3: What that could be his nickname. What up, Smash?
2: Yeah, I like that. Well, anyway, congratulations. to to Jake and Ashlyn, We're super excited for you guys. Cannot wait to have you on the show. Well, that is if you don't make the all-star team, Jake. If you get on a tear and you make the all-star team, I can't be too upset that you couldn't be here with us. But, you know, we'd still love to have you on the show July 18th. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) Big news. Big news. Chat room's got to be excited about that. And by excited, I mean no one has said anything about it. But, (laughs) Uh, everyone's excited for Jake. I know we are. Absolutely. Um, but on the opposite side of things, Vincent, is players that tore things up. Our buddy Hawk Harrelson said it best. This is our Put It On The Board segment. Ball hit deep.
0: Way back. He looks up. You can put it on the board.
2: Yeah, we're going to talk about players that tore things up this week, that lit up the scoreboard, no pun intended. I'm going to lead things off here. Um, There's just so many names to choose from. I I got to put a special highlight on a guy who I feel super underappreciated, and I talked about him last week, and this isn't a big name or anything. We'll talk about all those guys during this segment, but Got to talk about Reynaldo Lopez. He's been absolutely phenomenal coming out of the pen. I believe he's got seven and a third scoreless innings straight. Uh, This week he had three innings pitched, zero runs, five Ks, two hits, zero walks. Uh, I've been really, really impressed with Reynaldo Lopez, Vinny. And um, I don't think any of us knew how great he'd be out of the pen, but man, he's been fantastic.
3: Dallas Keuchel might be the only pitcher who took a back a step backwards with bringing in Ethan Katz. And there are some people on White Sox Twitter who say we overrate the impact that Ethan Katz has had. But, I mean, everybody's kind of gotten better. And Reynaldo Lopez is one of them. I know he had the LASIK surgery on his eye. But, um, I don't know, I like this guy. He came over with Giolito for Adam Eaton. And he's just kind of been like up and down. Like, he was their best pitcher in 2019. Like, he was legitimately their best pitcher. And in 2020 and 2021, he struggled at the start. And then later in 2021, he really picked it up. He started the game when Carlos Rodon was hurt. He started the game that the White Sox beat the Detroit Tigers. Like, he is the most recent Winning pitcher in a game that the White Sox clinched a division and was the first one to do so in over ten years. So you know he's he's coming along strong. I like having him in like a a two way type of pitcher where yeah he can literally start a game for you and go four or five innings or just be your straight up opener and go two like we saw with Davis Martin a couple nights ago. I think it was Friday night of last week. Yeah, and or not Friday night of two weeks too. ago. And um he could also just be like a middle relief guy like he is right now, pitching after Lance Lynn is done. So I like Lopez, it's a good pick.
2: I do. And but but Vinny, there's been no one more explosive with terms of RBIs and bombs than Lewis. Sorry, Lewis, Luis Roberts. Nine for 21, hit 429 this week, seven ribbies, four runs, three homers, uh, zero walks, but I don't even care about that. For as much as I ripped on him last week, I'm pretty sure he took it personally. Lubob is just uh, ready to take on the world, man. Once he puts it all together, he's a very, very dangerous man.
3: Yeah, I mean, we've been singing Robert's praises pretty much the whole show today. We talked earlier about how he could be the greatest pitcher of the White or Greatest position player the White Sox have ever had. It's early to tell. Obviously, you got guys like Frank Thomas, Paul Canerco, Carlton Fisk, like all, Minnie all the. Goody. Yeah. yeah, Minnie Minoso. You could even go back, like Shoeless Joe Jackson is like all time top five and most offensive player. RIP footballer. Ray Liotta. Yeah, exactly. But like Robert, he's just so good. He can do it all. I'm trying to think. Sean brought up, like, the one thing he can't do, and that's rob a home run. I believe, like, Robert probably can. I just don't want him to. Like, don't get hurt. Don't try climbing. Let let Adam Engel do that. Let A.J. Pollock do that. You're good just playing, covering as much ground as you can out there in center and continue dominating at the plate. If the power gets going, the White Sox are going to win the division.
2: Yeah, I, I really think that they are. And there's just so many guys that are starting to turn it on. Vinny, I'll let you talk about this next guy, but uh, there's, been, there's been an awakening on this team from a lot of people, but this guy specifically has been awake all season long.
3: You're talking about Andrew Vaughn, I'm assuming. Andrew Vaughn, 11 for 23 this week, 478 average, one ribby, two runs scored, two walks. I mean, I am an avid listener of Redline Radio, which is a All Chicago Sports podcast from Barstool Sports Chicago. Yeah. But back in the day, I think pre-2018 or pre-2019, it was an all baseball podcast. It was they didn't talk about the Bears, Blackhawks or Bulls yet. It was just Cubs and White Sox banter for an hour and a half. And they drew comparisons on Vaughn and one of the old school episodes to Chipper Jones and the way he hit. And I was like, Chipper Jones, he's like amazing. And if the white Sox got that guy with the third overall pick, like they could really do some damage. Cause you knew you had Robert in the pipeline still. And you know, Moncada was there already. Uh, Eloy was coming. Um, TA hadn't become a star yet, but it's like, this is a former first round pick that could mature into something great. Abreu's good. You put Vaughn in that mix, man, he could be really good. And so far so good. I think if his draft were redone, he'd be the number one overall pick. Adley Rushman came up with the Baltimore Orioles. He he might make a statement here soon, but as of right now, I'm taking Vaughn and the development has been... What it is, and we see how good the numbers are. The thing that should tell you everything you need to know about Vaughn, though, is he did not play a single game of AAA baseball. Not a single game. The, wow. pandemic, the pandemic made him basically useless in 2020 because he wasn't playing at the alternate site like he probably should have been. And in 2021, he came in as a rookie. They used him on the roster with no minor league time. And he really lived up to it. So I like Andrew Vaughn a lot. I think he has the potential to be great.
2: I do too. Thank God we didn't trade him. <laughs> well, I guess you could never say never, but I would I want him. I want to hold on to him forever. He's just so adorable, isn't he? I mean, like like him and him and a pedo sitting under that canopy in the sun the other day.
3: Yeah, and that's just like there are some things organizations have always right yeah when i think of the new jersey devils they always have good goaltending except for this last year but like historically they always have a good goalie um the chicago bears always have elite linebackers right like you went from all the big boys in the 80s and then you had brian urlacher and roquan smith is amazing khalil mack was there from it there's always good linebackers on the chicago bears the lakers always have a really good point guard right it's just like some teams always have something. The White Sox are about to go from Frank Thomas to Paul Konerko to Jose Abreu to Andrew Vaughn as their most recent first baseman in the last four dec- – or not four decades. I guess parts of four decades, 90s, 2000s, yeah. 2010s, 2020s. I mean, for the better part of four decades, an elite first baseman that can mash homers like that, sign me up. Andrew Vaughn's amazing.
2: He is an – Uh, honorable mention to a couple other guys here. Sevi Zavala came up in a spot and and did really, really well in place of the injured Yasmani Grandal. Hit 417 and and 12 plate appearances. He had that big homer, three runs, three ribbies. Uh, props to Sevi for looking real good. And we talked about him earlier in the show. I mean, our boy Johnny Cueto has just been unbelievable this past week. I mean, I'm pulling up his stats right now. Of course, didn't
3: save. <laughs> I can read them off to you.
2: Uh, I have them right in front of me now, and here they are. Oh, I spelled Queto with a zero, but he did give up zero runs. So we're Yeah, you picks.
3: did that on purpose, Johnny Quato.
2: Seven innings pitch, two hits, zero runs, five Ks, and two walks. Johnny's been a beast. Props to him for just being that leader. Vindy, I don't know if you saw a couple weeks ago they showed – how he works out when he's at the park. He does the stairs in the upper deck at Guaranteed Rate Field. All of you people watching, you're fans of this team. You know that upper deck and how steep it is. That guy's that guy's calf's got to be on fire.
3: I don't go to regular season games up there because I don't want to go up those stairs. I'm well, if 27 years anyone old. anyone follows, they're dead. <laughs> yeah, I'm not old, but I'm I'm 27. I'm not old, but I'm also not like a teenager. And I just, and for the playoffs, sure. I, I did it for the playoffs twice last year. Both games, I was sitting up there. But then the regular season, I'm not going up those stairs. So credit, credit to you, Johnny Cueto. I want to address one comment here really quick before I move on to the next segment, the one about Tatis Jr., I got some stuff to say about Fernando Tatis Jr. People who use it as like a chirp for the White Sox. I know Travis isn't using it as a chirp. Uh, I'm, Travis is a White Sox guy. I'm pretty sure. Right. But. Know, yeah. um, Fernando Tatis Jr. Is making what? $500 million on his contract. Not literally, but it's a lot of damn money. A lot of money. And he, he goes out in the offseason and like rides his motorcycle and gets hurt to the point where he has not played a single game this year. And Tim Anderson If you look at his numbers minus home runs, okay, minus home runs. This is good. Tatis Jr. can – he might still hit more home runs than Tim Anderson this season if he comes back in like August, okay? I get the home run thing. And he's got awesome swag. He does the little stutter step around third base. I love me some Fernando Tatis Jr. This is no disrespect to him. But I'm taking Tim Anderson. I like him as the face of the franchise. He would have already been traded had Tatis Jr. – worked out for the White Sox because they would have traded Tim Anderson before Tim Anderson even became the Tim Anderson that you know today. And I I guess you could have Tatis play right field, but at the same time, the White Sox would probably rather not have $300 million to a guy who hurts himself in December on a motorcycle. Let's
2: be honest. I don't know if the White Sox are spending $300 million on anybody.
3: Yeah, well, here's the thing with that, though, and that's another thing. They offered that to Machado. They offered him 280 million dollars. Hey, he turned us down. He turned us down to stay with the San Diego Padres and he has to hope or to go to the San Diego Padres. The White Sox money was all guaranteed. He needs to reach incentives in order to make more money with the Padres than he would have with the White Sox. And he, he got hurt yesterday. Himself. Yeah, he got hurt yesterday. He believes in himself so I respect that. I'm not saying he made the wrong decision. But people, the White Sox have never handed out a hundred million dollar contract. It's coming. It's absolutely coming.
0: Sure. And
3: yes, Travis, it, I I know it's a dumb trade. I like for James Shields. Yes, that when you bring up James Shields, it makes me almost want to take back everything that I said. But the logic was sound at the time, and that's how I always judge a trade. Like Craig Kimbrel, right? Disaster of a trade for Rick Hahn. He would take it back ten days out of ten unless he knew he was going to get A.J. Pollock out of it, but hindsight is twenty sure.
2: twenty. It worked
0: uh, out.
3: The logic at the time was sound. Who would have known that Craig Kimbrough, for the life of him, can't throw a strike if it's not the ninth inning? Or <laughs> playing, playing for the Cubs, <clears throat> who had absolutely no expectation whatsoever, and it was easy to have a 0.5 ERA playing on a last-place team. And then he comes to the White Sox, there's expectations, Liam Hendricks is there, but the, the logic ball. at the time – was sound. They believed in 2016 that they could make a run at the playoffs with a rotation of uh, Sale, Quintana, Rodon, Shields, and I'm blanking on who the fifth guy would have been that year. Anyway, it was a nice rotation. They could have gotten the playoffs for the first time in a while. The logic was sound. It failed. There are trades where the logic isn't sound. I'm trying to think of an example of a trade. Jeff Samarja. What the hell did uh, they use Jeff Samarja for in 2014? Okay, you gave, Semien, you gave up Marcus Semien and Christopher Bassett for Jeff Samarja. That is a really bad trade because the logic was a disaster from the get-go.
2: That was Kenny, that right? Me,
3: that to me is the difference. What?
2: That was Kenny, right? Or was that Han? That was Kenny. Did
3: Rick Hahn have taken over by then?
2: Didn't Han take over know. in
3: fifteen? I don't know. I don't know. They were just such a po- regardless of who it was. They were just such a. Either boring, way, it was From two thousand and eleven to two thousand seventeen, they were a bad organization, and
0: yeah,
3: they got out of it. And people rip on me for saying this all the time. I believe it is because the Cubs won the World Series. I yeah, strongly believe that.
2: I like that Vinny, and then that's a. Uh... That's a perfect way to end up end this segment, but there's a lot of guys that have been tearing it up. And uh that was a fun segment, man. This just shows going by really fast. Yeah, the absolutely. chat room was chat room was really fired up today. I love it.
3: Keep it coming. We're going
2: we we're, we're going to d- head on over and <clears throat> hear a little bit of Sorry, I sound like Batman. Where is he? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm the Batman. Um but we're going to oh, hear no, from our buddy no. Gonzo and hear a little bit about the week and schedule coming up in this week's White Sox Weekly. So let's hear from our good old pal Gonzo.
4: Yo, what up everybody? It's Gonzo here and this is White Sox Weekly. And the White Sox begin the homestand on the first three days of the week, Monday through Wednesday, versus the Toronto Blue Jays. Game one is going to be Lance Lynn versus Jose Barrios. And guess what? Tim Anderson is back, baby. Here we go. Game two is going to be Dylan Cease versus Kevin Gosman. Two spectacular right-handers going at it. It's going to be a duel and my uh, game of the series to watch. Game three is going to be Lucas Giolito versus Ross Stripling. Game three with Lucas. He's looking to bounce back, and hopefully the boys pull through here. The bat of the series here to watch is Vlad Guerrero Jr., the superstar, batting 267 with 17 home runs and 41 ribbies. Boys, it's going to be a tough series, but let's see what they can do. Series two of the homestand is going to be versus the Baltimore Orioles. It's going to be Thursday through Sunday. Game one is going to be Kramer versus Cueto, and hopefully Cueto continues his dominance of going at least six innings each of his last six starts. And then Thursday is going to be his seventh start. Hopefully the boys grab the first one. Um, game two is going to be Bradish versus Michael Kopech. Moist Michael's on the mound, and he's hoping to bounce back from his performance at Minute Maid Park. Game three is going to be Jordan Lyles versus Lance Lynn, and this is going to be Lynn's second start of the week. Game four is likely to be Wells versus Dylan Cease. And again, this is going to be Cease's second start of the week. The batter of the Baltimore Orioles to keep an eye out, out for is going to be Ryan Mountcastle, his second year, and he's batting 269 with 12 home runs and 36 rubies. Boys, back to you.
2: Thanks, Gonzo. We appreciate it, man. It's almost like you were here the whole time, and that Gonzo is coming out of nowhere, good little video segments. I mean, you never know where this guy is going to pop up. If I had a little shirt with, like, one of those little tiny pockets, I bet you Gonzo would pop out and give us a little update.
3: You know, he did a really good job there. Um, Sorry, I stepped away for half a second needed a cord so I could plug in my phone so I could keep watching this White Sox game. It's getting a little (laughs) pitchier than I want it to be right now. They... Jay's got three runs there and it's now eight to five. So hopefully they're able to close it out. But yeah, the White Sox have, as Gonzo mentioned, really good pitching. I mean, you're trotting out pitchers like that, one after another. If they reach their potential, they can like be one of those elite teams. I strongly believe that because the best teams in the league have the best pitching. The White Sox have that.
2: That's right. That's what it's all about. We got that pitching, we can get her done. But, Vinny, now we get to go to the fun stuff. We get to go to the pick to click. And last week, Vinny, you picked Luis Robert. (laughs) And that means you win, and you get to pick first in this week. So the updated pick to click standings. Vinny now ties Gonzo for the lead 3-3. to Uh, Zim has two wins, and I'm still stuck with only one. Although I do want to say I was really close with Andrew Vaughn this week. Uh, just he didn't have the RBI. But uh, I'm coming. I'm coming back. It's going to happen.
3: Yeah, if you were to take it, Andrew Vaughn, and given yourself the win, I honestly I, 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 wouldn't have argued it. I mean, you could flip a coin when it comes to stats like that because it's like what do you rely on – What do you put more stock in? Runs scored, RBIs, everything is important. This team, when you have those guys batting second and third, you have a chance to score lots of runs, especially now that TA's back in the leadoff spot. It's just great stuff. So I'm happy to be amongst the winners. We're both winners this week in my book. So to try and, you know, recreate what I did last week, I don't even know, like everybody's just been so good this week. So Just to keep the theme of the show going a little bit, though, because we both took people who kind of not struggled the week before but, like, maybe didn't live up to their typical selves. Like, I picked Robert specifically because I thought he might bounce back. And he did. So I'm going to take Jake Berger. That's going to be my long-winded answer. I'm going to take our guy, our upcoming guest, our guy that we believe can be a legitimate piece of this team. He's probably going to get a little more playing time than he – Otherwise would with Moncada out. So there we go. Jake Berger.
2: Dude. I like it, man. I like the pick, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to ride. I'm going to ride with my pick from last week. I'm going to ride the Andrew Vaughn train, man. I'm, I'm feeling good about it. I just realized I have him in your fantasy league, Vinny, and I don't think I'm starting Andrew Vaughn. I don't know what's wrong with me. I got to get him in my lineup. Yeah.
4: But that's beside,
2: um, that's beside the point. I picked him up on a whim and it kind of worked out, but I'm going to ride the Andrew Vaughn train. I feel really good about it. Um, and then Stephen Zim Zimmerman, I text him to find out who he wants to pick. Where is it? He said his first choice, which is still available, is Tim Anderson. So,
3: wow, I thought about Timmy.
0: Good sense. So pick.
2: Zim Zim had AJ Pollock last week who had a pretty decent week as well. No doubt. Just not as good as what we had. Um, so he's going Tim Anderson and then going over to Gonzo. He also texted me his pick. He said, first choice, Luis Robert, who is still on the board. So everyone getting their first pick this week. How about that?
3: That's how good the White Sox are. I mean, in 2019, you wanted Abreu, Moncada or McCann, right? Like, it was one of those three you would want, and if you didn't get them, you were taking like a Leary Garcia or a, you know, insert random player that played Adam Eaton, Nomar Mazar. Now it's like you're picking real baseball players that could just go out and hit 300 on any random week.
2: Yeah, man. I, it's, it's nice having some bats that are starting to wake up. I feel so much better now that they're getting some consistency, and that's all. Uh, finally, Tony's getting that. Uh, so. Hopefully we could all sleep a little better at night, at least in that regard. But recap quickly on our picks to click for the week. I am going with Andrew Vaughn. Gonzo's taking Luis Robert. Zim going with TA. And I'm gonna or, And Vinny's going with Jake Berger. I love it, man. Hopefully, Burger turns things around this week. And yeah, now I want a burger, Vinny.
3: Oh, I could go for a burger.
2: Yeah, man. That sounds good. And then i I'm, I'm in this, uh I'm in this Twitter chain. Well, the South Burbs Sitman Are we're in this chain with Jack's place from Chicago Ridge? It's a restaurant, and they ask people like the best beef sandwich in the city, and now everyone's commenting with their favorite beef. So now, and then someone mentioned something about Jardiner just now popped up on my screen. Do you ever have a burger with Jardiner on it? That's good stuff.
3: A burger with Jardiner. I've had like, I've had a Italian beef like. Pizza, where they have like the beef and jard on the pizza. Uh, we've Phil's talked about it. Philadelphia yeah. pizza. That's what that. Yeah, that's the one. But Did you like that? Oh, I love it. I absolutely love it. But on a burger, that's so interesting. It's
2: good. I've had it once. It I'm was gonna get that
3: a whirl one day. I like yeah. jardinaire, but you know me, I'll put jardinaire on anything.
2: You can't go wrong with jardinaire. Well, unless you eat too much of it. And then uh well that's just ludicrous. Not I anymore. was trying to think of a ludicrous song, but I c I, I couldn't.
3: I yeah, that's well beyond my knowledge.
2: Maybe in like nineteen ninety nine I could have did it for you, but not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, all right, great picks there. I actually have to write these down in, in our show notes so that I don't forget. Yeah. So I've got Vaughn, Zim has got T.A., Vinny going with the Burgermeister, oh, as my yeah. dad likes to call him, and Gonzo.
3: Donnie, Donnie freaking Burger.
2: That's right. Yeah, let me actually, let me find that comment. My dad said he likes the Burgermeister.
3: Mr. Mandel, Burgermeister. I'm telling you, this is his week. Let's go burger.
2: And some Jaegermeister. Why not?
3: Yeah.
2: Are you a Jaeger guy, Vinny?
3: No. <laughs> Absolutely not. It makes me want to throw up.
2: <clears throat> yeah, I I like Jaeger when I'm drinking, but then that's the only time I like Jaeger.
3: <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. I don't like licorice. Like I won't eat anything licorice and Jaeger has that like licorice flavor to it.
2: Yeah, I guess it does. I don't know. It's got to be cold. It's got to be like ice cold.
3: Yeah, isn't um, that like a thing for Jaeger? Like if, if, Yeah, I think you have to have a certain it temperature. Is, better it tastes. Yeah. I was at yeah. a Rosati's one time, and they have a Jaeger dispenser. Like they, pour yes. them, they put the Jaeger on top, and then it works like a little nozzle. I, I like me a good nozzle. Whether I like the drink or not, I like looking at it. it makes me feel comfortable.
2: <laughs> I like a good nozzle too, man. This is a very relatable <laughs> conversation. I dig Yeah. It.
3: And I love, like, Coca-Cola, right? And I've always, my whole life, I've wanted to use a soda gun, and I've never gotten to use one. One day, though, I will get to operate a soda gun, and it will be one of the more exhilarating experiences of my life.
2: Vinny's just, like, living the dream, man. He's, <laughs> man, a soda gun, man. I, th- I Actually, I have operated one before.
3: Really? Like, part of me just wants to take, like...
2: Everything down. just tastes. Everything tastes better out of the Sona gun. Let's be yeah, honest.
3: absolutely. No, oh, all absolutely. those
2: never had one. Vin, he's not oh. a licorice guy.
3: That's a Travis no, likes for me Jaeger
2: guy. bombs. Vinny would be a Jaeger bomb guy.
3: I like Red Bull. Yeah, but you like that, you like that? Jaeger bombs. Then maybe,
2: maybe I would oh, give it a try. You would I'll you try would.
3: anything once.
2: I I had. Man, this is, I was this is probably like eight years ago I went I did like th- three Eger bombs when I was out and I'm like man these things are amazing and then I didn't sleep for like 48 hours <laughs>
3: <You> <laughs> I'm know, like I mean, man I'm
2: never doing this again
3: I never ran into that problem I could drink a 20 ounce Red Bull at midnight and go right to bed I, I just maybe that's like the under 30 thing like maybe that'll catch up with me in a couple of years but at, like right now give me a coffee give me a uh, it just doesn't happen.
2: Oh, such good stuff, Vinny. And, you know, we're talking about all this, all this fun drinks and all that stuff, but we can get to a little bit of debate here in this week's Guaranteed Take.
0: Yay!
2: Feeling it. A- Always feeling it. Aldo did a really nice job with that music track. Aldo, wherever right. you got that one. Every week, Vinny and I, when it comes out, we're just like, we're just bopping. Good stuff there. But this week's guaranteed take, Vinny. You know, obviously, Liam Hendricks is still banged up. We don't quite know how long he's going to be out. One to two weeks, probably, something like that. Who should be the closer while he's gone? I mean, we've seen Reynaldo Lopez close games. Um, I mean, we saw bummer before he got banged up you know who who should tony be using here in the ninth inning or is it going to be a rotation
3: the white Sox should trade for chris sale and make him the closer no i'm kidding um <laughs> I, I i actually think the red Sox are going to use chris sale in a closing role it's that's something i've heard is very much on the table um i would go with a rotation personally. They don't have a guy that screams closer at me. They could change trade for David Bednar from the Pittsburgh pirates. They could make a couple different moves. I know the Cubs have guys like F Frost and David Robertson, a couple those guys could close and they're having really nice years, but I'm reluctant to trade for a cup reliever that has nice numbers on a very bad team. We saw how that worked out for uh-huh. the White, like, last year. So like, I'm very skeptical with some of these bad team closers because they all have nice numbers, but if you're the Pittsburgh pirates and you're in fourth place, you're not going anywhere all of a sudden here comes David Bednar, who really didn't have all that much success with the Padres. And all of a sudden now, like, you know, they're struggling on a team with expectations, playing high leverage baseball in a division race in August. It's a little bit tougher. So is terms of in-house options. Graveman seems like the most likely guy to, th- to throw out there when it's like a really tight situation, like sure. up run against an offense like the Yankees or the Blue Jays or the Astros. Like those are probably the three best offenses in the American yeah. League. That, I, I think I, you're I, right. I getting like a,
2: yeah. No, I was just saying, I think you're right getting a guy that's like fiery, right? Whether it's a Graveman or like a Kelly to some guys with like a chip on their shoulder.
3: Yeah. So like to me, Garrett Crochet would never be a closer. Just because he's, he's got the stuff. He's got the stuff, but he's too chill. There's very few, let's put it this way, there are very few Craig Kimbrels out there. Craig right. Kimbrell is going to the Hall of Fame. Whether White Sox fans hate his no fans. Doubt. Craig Kimbrell's going to the Hall of Fame. Chill dude. It's almost like he's high every time he's out there. Just what up, man? And <laughs> most closures aren't like that. Yeah, he's got the, you know, but most most closures aren't like that. You got the Mo Rivera's or the Liam Hendricks, who legitimately looks like he does some stuff in the dugout before going out there. Like, sure. you know, guys like that are normally closers, but I think you got to do it by committee because nobody is a peer closer on the White Sox right now besides Liam Hendricks. But he did say July 1st is his target return date. You figure that's about, what, 10 days away? I'm bad. Yeah, week bad. and a half or so. days away, week and a half. And a lot of it against the Baltimore Orioles. You hope to. Take care of the deed tonight. You got two more against the J- Jays before the Orioles. So, and it's four against the Orioles. It's not even a three game series. It's four. So what would you do? It is,
2: you know, I think I'm with you, Vinny. I, I I had sold myself on having Joe Kelly be the closer, but um, I tend to agree with you because Joe Kelly has been kind of inconsistent. Uh, he's been great. And then he's been off. And I think Kendall Graveman has been very consistent for most part of the year. You see Reynaldo Lopez able to close out a game. Um, I I think you do it by committee Um, unless something comes out and you know, Liam's going to be out for an extended period of time. Then you got to get someone to be comfortable in there. If I had to pick one guy right now, if if he was down for the year in-house to be the closer, it's Kendall Graveman. Um, I agree. But, I don't think that's that's going to happen. Um, I think it, hopefully Liam can recover and come back stronger than ever, get some time off, good for his arm. But uh, the only thing I worry about is when he comes back, is that Liam, uh the start of the year, he was a little cold, his arm, and he gave up a lot of bombs. I'm just worried that when he comes back, he might have a little stretch like that. But, um, you know, I'd much rather have him healthy and giving up a couple bombs than being out for the season, so.
3: Yeah, no doubt about it. And like a big characteristic of closers is they get a lot of strikeouts, they throw heavy heat, and as a result, they tend to give up like a solo shot every now and then. That's Kendall Graveman. And Joe Kelly can be your setup guy in that, you know, little sequence there of you go from starter to bridge reliever, whether it be Reynaldo Lopez or Davis Martin or even Vince Velasquez Depending on how healthy the White Sox rotation gets And then you start using guys like Joe Kelly Into Kendall Graveman Save the Save the Tanner Bankses of the world And the Jose Ruiz's of the world For when you're either killing somebody Or yeah. um, Getting killed yourself Kendall Graveman's currently pitching right now In the 8th inning So we'll see if they try to push it to a 2-out save It is a save situation as of right now So we'll see how that goes But um, yeah, I'm with you, uh, to address Travis. I love Vegas bombs. Probably my shot of choice, my mixed shot of choice.
2: Yeah. I'm a big Vegas bomb fan too. Vinny. It's been probably six or seven years since I had one. Um, and it's probably because when I drink them, they are too delicious and you just want to keep drinking them. I couldn't even tell you what's in one. Do you know?
3: I believe it's cherry grenadine, Red Bull. Um, is it vodka? Is vodka I'm Googling Google? it right now. Do we know what's in a Vegas bomb?
2: Uh, let's see. A Vegas bomb. Here we go.
3: Is there some some cherry in it? I don't know. They're delicious.
2: Uh, let's see. It is a royal flush shot, a mixture of crown, cranberry, peach Cran- stops, Raspberry liqueur and Red Bull.
3: Delicious. 9.1 shot. I would put that, if we're talking mixed shots, Vegas Bomb. I don't know if you've ever tried a green tea shot. Those are phenomenal. I don't even like tea, but the green tea shot. Very good. And then Aldo. See you later, Mike North and Aldo tomorrow morning, yeah, 9 a.m. That's
2: that, that's, that's nice. while, while Aldo has it in there, we'll we will briefly, yeah. uh, you know, talk about tomorrow on the Ballroom Network. Mike North Advantage, 9 a.m. tomorrow morning. Surprise! Mike thinks Mike thinks Tony LaRusa haters are off base, and he'll tell us why. So tune in tomorrow morning, and then of course tomorrow night you got Dan and Aldo bear their souls. They're going to cover what transpired last week at Hallis Hall. Uh, good stuff. Don't miss it. Yeah. And and later on, Vinny, we'll let you talk about Bar Down and Crosstown, but we'll oh. get to that towards the end of the show. Um, more alcohol talk.
3: <laughs> yeah, I was going to bring up one more shot. I really like a lemon drop shot. Really tasty. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Really tasty shot. I think that's become more of a thing these days. Like when I first started going to bars, I'm 27. It was mostly like, hey, what's your shot of choice? People would just say some sort of straight liquor, like a Jameson shot or a Jack shot, any shot of tequila. Exactly. Now, people have gotten a little smarter. They're like, hey, we could actually make make shots taste not disgusting. We could actually give them a little flavor and you'll still get pretty drunk. And we could charge $5 per shot. So, you know, the bartending industry is wildly interesting to me. I'm not the biggest drinker on planet Earth, but I like. I like listening to other people talk about drinking, and every now and then I like uh, I like a cocktail or shots. Yeah,
2: we got an interesting comment from Travis saying liquid marijuana is his favorite mixed drink. Mary Jane. Can you tell us what is that? An actual shot, or are you just talking about like weed in a blender? He's talking <laughs>
3: about some weed. He wants to throw on one of these kinds of hats and smoke a little doob. One time me and Joey had a full-blown weed conversation on Bar Down Talking Hockey. This was long before Frankie joined. And (laughs) just talk about weed.
0: (laughs) Hey man, I
2: really want some of that good stuff,
3: man. What's up, man? I still wish Tim Linsicum was in the league. That'd be cool. (sighs) How you doing, man? That'd be cool, man. (laughs) I I like being cool. So you want to drink liquid marijuana? I'm not gonna argue with anyone. Trying to be cool because I like to be cool too.
2: Yeah. Now I gotta now I want to go watch Cheek and Chong.
3: Yep. That's some or, fun stuff. Or uh um what's it called? Something about White Castle. What the movie? what's the Oh name? Harold and Kumar. Harold oh, and Castle. Kumar,
2: yeah. That's a that's a classic. Or, or Ted. Ted might be my favorite weed. Movie, Ted's though. Ted's good. Yeah. Ted's
3: probably my favorite weed movie. That shit is really funny.
2: Travis said liquid marijuana is a real drink. Travis, can you please tell us what's in it?
3: Yeah, and then we'll we'll get back to baseball eventually. Maybe not really. Probably. Maybe.
2: Not. I mean, we're at the end of the show anyway, but um, we will get back to it briefly. <laughs> <laughs> um, Harold and Kumar. Now I want White Castle, Vinny. What's wrong with you? Thanks. Well, that's
3: the second time I brought up White Castle in a way. I said Jake yeah, Berger ought to call his kids. A slider. Call, he's got some sliders on the way.
2: <clears throat> it's funny in their announcement, Ashlyn said that they got a little slider on the way. So,
3: oh, that's funny. <clears throat> See, she's creative.
2: I'm sure she's probably heard it a couple times.
3: Yeah, they've heard every joke in the book.
2: Jake's probably heard it his whole life.
3: Yeah, I had that guy on my on Crosstown Crosstalk from the Dolly Parton podcast. The guy who yeah, the the, the, the hot dollar party. dogs. Yeah, I asked him how he felt about a guy with a surname Burger giving them the win on the night that he went like White Sox Twitter famous for the hot for dog hot food. dogs. Yeah, he they're a big fan of Jake Burger on that, that podcast too. But then again, like who isn't?
2: Burgers and hot dogs just go together. They're like you know, it's like it's like beer and nachos or beer and anything.
3: Yeah. I despise really quick. This is a little bit off topic. I despise whoever's running the camera for NBC Sports Chicago right now. They just had a hit. I can't. I don't know who was batting because I'm like half watching that, half doing the show. Sure. They just made a simple fly out to left field look like a triple, and I, the run would have scored if there was a triple, obviously, and there was only one out. Uh, thank goodness. The I want that. Camera-
2: the cameraman's probably drinking some of that liquid marijuana.
3: <laughs> For real. Or just took a <clears throat> couple of Vegas bombs. They make good That's drinks by right. like e. Rayfield.
2: Uh, they certainly do. Okay, here is the here is the concoction called liquid marijuana. Spice rum, melon liqueur, coconut rum, blue carousel, sweet and sour pineapple juice. Uh I could work with that. I could work with that.
3: Yeah, I like all those things too. I'm wondering if you get like the taste of, like a similar taste to weed if you take a sip of that. That's kind of what I'm guessing. Spice rum. Maybe. Yeah.
2: Blue carousel is really good, though.
3: That would be anything sour.
2: That's right. So we're going to bring it slightly back to baseball, at least for a few moments. We are at the tail end of the show. Mm -hmm. But, uh, Saturday at the ballpark, Vinny, it's, it's, uh, Man, I can't even get it's. I got this Eloy bobblehead day.
3: That's really on Saturday? Yeah. Such a good bobblehead? Oh, my goodness. I will I never mean, forget that as long as I live. That game.
2: Well, that's that's a perfect segue, Vinny, because I was going to say, that's the bobblehead on Saturday, but what's your favorite Eloy moment?
3: My fi- Oh, I mean, it's in the intro. My favorite Eloy moment is the time the White Sox were tied with the Cubs 1-1 in the top of the ninth. And Eloy Jimenez came up to bat with a runner on first. And he hit it to Pluto. And as he's rounding the bases and touching home, Jason Benetti goes, Thanks, Cubs! Because, of course, as people know, Eloy Jimenez was traded to the White Sox by the Cubs. And that's just my all-time favorite Eloy moment.
2: Yes, and I'm pulling up the video now as we speak. Of course, I have to sit through an advertisement.
3: Ads are the worst. It almost makes YouTube read like a needed like subscription. I haven't done it yet because I might do YouTube TV here in a couple I months. I have
2: YouTube TV. It's fantastic. Yeah,
3: so we'll see. Ah, don't Jimenez with a deep drive to left field. Thanks, Cubs. It's just, it was so great. It was so great. It doesn't feel like the White Sox played on WGN that recent, though.
2: It's been a lot. It's weird, man. It's weird seeing stuff on WGN now.
3: Yeah, I've but, been on WGN anyway. more recently than the White Sox or the Cubs.
2: That's right. Finney did make an appearance on WGN last week. That was good stuff, Vincenzo.
3: Thank you. Yeah, Travis, Travis says the
2: that. Sox won that
3: trade. If they won that trade, if they just got one of the two guys they got. Because Quintana pitches for the Pirates now. and He might get like DFA'd one day. And Cease is like... As of right now, Cease is like a really good number three. Like a high-end number three. With the potential yeah. to be like an ace.
2: To be an ace, yeah.
3: And Eloy, if he can ever be healthy, could be like a 45 home run man. So... Yeah, Maybe the someday. White Dots
2: won that trade. Oh, no doubt about it. Uh, I, 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 my favorite Eli moment, and and most people hate it, and I still hate it, but I still get, I still laugh every time. And I don't have a video of it, but it's when Eli went to go get that ball in foul territory, and he fell into the net, and he was laying in it like it was a cot. He was just kind of like laying there like this. He's just like, "Yeah, yeah. I could have got seriously injured, but I'm okay."
3: And then it was a fair ball, right? Oh, that's right.
2: It was, yeah, it was
3: Christian Yelich inside the park home run. That's probably oh. your best way to find it on YouTube is typing in Christian Yelich inside the park home run. I believe
2: We're doing that as we speak.
3: Yeah. My memory. I don't know what I'm doing this weekend. I don't know what I'm doing tomorrow, but I can tell you what happened in a game with no fans in the stands Between the White Sox and Brewers, when Eloy Jimenez decided to, you know, do some acrobatic stunts into the seats while Christian Yelich promptly rounds the bases and gives the Brew Crew. I don't, I think the Brew Crew probably did win that game, actually. So
2: here it is.
3: Yeah. There you go. Christian Yelich comes up to the plate. It was, yeah. Okay. So it tied the game. That means, ugh.
2: Oh man, I man. forgot about Miguel Gonzalez. You know, he.
3: He wasn't that bad. No. No. Not at all. I'm trying to think. He was with the Nationals. The White Sox originally drafted him, and then the Nationals had him right, for a while. They won the World Series together. Yeah. There it goes. Yelich. Eloy has no clue what he's (laughs) doing. He thinks it's funny. Oh, wait, it's fair? Oh, no. It's actually fair? And Yelich, who's not fast, has an inside-the-park home run.
2: Oh, my God. I got to watch it again.
3: You know, you watch back, like, the play where Eloy actually hurt himself, like this year and the one last year in spring training where he tried to hop over the fence. And you wonder, like, those don't look like plays that would have hurt him. But this one looks like it would have, like, potentially paralyzed him. (laughs) And he walks away from this one scot-free. He's just a weird dude. I love him. I want him to play on the White Sox, like, a lot. I think he can be one of their all-time great hitters. And he just got to get on the field. Like, we might laugh about it many years down the line. Like perfect example right now, I'm watching the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Colorado Avalanche. Steven Stamkos was Eloy Jimenez. It was a lot of. It wasn't as self inflicted as Eloy's is, but he was just always hurt. I mean, he broke his leg, missed the Olympics, then had blood clots, then had this issue with his oblique yeah. or whatever. Stamkos missed like most of two years. Now he's going to the Hall of Fame, and the Lightning are trying to win their third straight cup. Like. That's crazy. We, we need to see that from Illoy. I want to see him healthy. I want to see what he can do develop fully developed at full strength.
2: I agree. And in the meantime, you can get this hilarious bobblehead at the park on
3: Saturday. I'm trying to think of who they were playing that game. That was the short season, too. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the most preposterous highlight of all time.
2: Yeah. I'm sure they'll play it a hundred times at the game on Saturday.
3: Thank goodness. Um, I want to watch
2: yeah. more of it. Yeah, me too. But Vinny, we've we've made it to the end of the show, and it was a fun one, man. It was just oh. me and you, but we had a good time. Uh, huge thanks to our guest Sean Sierra from Sports Zone Chicago. Uh, Dynamite interview, great talking about the White Sox. It's been a fun show. We got to the shout out portion, Vinny, and before we do, why don't you talk a little bit about crosstown this week and what you got coming up for Bar Bar Down?
3: Yeah, still working on guests for both. I want to have a guest for both this week. Um, but, yeah, Bardon will be going over the Stanley Cup final. The, it looks like the Lightning are going to hang on and win this game. They're up 6-2 to two with six minutes left in the third period. So the Avalanche are going to take a 2-1 to one series lead into our show on Wednesday. And then, of course, Game 4 will be Wednesday and so we'll preview that, go over what we've seen already, talk about what we might see the rest of the final, make con Smythe trophy predictions as the most valuable player of the playoffs. Um, that It's going to be a cup-heavy episode. I mean, that's like the cream of the crop in the NHL right now. There are a lot of side um, – Stuff going on in the league right now. Like there was a couple trades made over the weekend. Guys are starting to like think about who their coach is going to be. There were a couple coaches hired, but for the most part, it's going to be Stanley Cup final coverage. And then cross crosstalk. It's going to be on Thursday. The White Sox are going to be heading into a four-gamer with Baltimore after this three-gamer with Toronto's over. And that's kind of why I like having this show on Monday and that show on Thursday, because I'm kind of always in between each series. And you know, kind of get to recap both, and then I'll probably make fun of the Cubs a little bit for being the first team in MLB history to be on end a 10 game or more losing streak by beating a team on a 10 game or more winning streak.
0: Yeah, one to nothing.
3: Yeah, one nothing on a play. It was a walk, a bunt over to second, steal third, score on a sacrifice fly. It was the most preposterous one nothing win. Of all time. So we'll go over that, talk about the rest of the league as a whole a little bit. I want to talk about the San Francisco Giants. Our old friend Carlos Rodon, I'll probably work that into it a little bit. So and your mean Mercedes. Yeah, that's right. Your mean Mercedes signing with the or getting claimed off waivers by the San Francisco Giants. So probably a little NL West talk this week, heavy on Crosstown Crosstalk. That's the there two shows. Go.
2: Sounds like fun, man. And and why don't you get into some shout outs before we get out of here?
3: Yeah, my girlfriend, Katie, she's my best friend. I love her very much. Um, Everything I do is because of stuff, you know, her helping me along and supporting and all that. Um, My brother, Joey, and my mom, of course, get shout outs every week. But this week, I'll give a special shout out extra to my dad. Father's Day was yesterday. Um, I would be nowhere without both of my parents, but my dad always supporting me. Giving me everything that I have, being a great dad, a great role model on how to be a man, everything I love about myself, my parents taught me. And my dad was such a big part of it. So I'm happy to have him in my life. I, I'm not sure if he's watching right now. If if he is, hi dad. But you know, it's it's a good time and my dad's awesome. So I really hope he enjoyed Father's Day. I had a great time on Father's Day celebrating it with him. So that's that's my shout outs for this week.
2: And, and didn't your parents have a big anniversary? I think I saw that on Facebook, didn't I?
3: Yeah, on June 6th, my parents huh. celebrated their 500th uh, year anniversary. They're both very old. 500 years, wow. They're both wow. very old. They look great for their age. Um, no, but yeah, they celebrated their anniversary. I'm actually a bad son. I don't know how many years it is. Is it 30? I believe it's I think, 30.
2: I, I think it's 30. I think 30 I saw it on years. Facebook.
3: It's 30 years. So I'm 27. I came along two and a half years later. And yeah, my parents, happy anniversary to you 14 days late. But like I said, a lot of things I love about myself, they taught me and would be nowhere without them, wouldn't be doing what I'm doing without them. So happy Father's Day, Dad.
2: Awesome stuff, Vinny. Yeah, great, great shout outs. (laughs) And uh, ironically, Travis brings up in the chat, Joe Kelly coming out for the ninth. So we'll, we'll see how that conversation goes based off earlier in the show, but I'm not going to talk about the end of the game. Cause last time I did bad things happened. So we're just not going to, we're not going to talk about it, but go Joe Kelly. Uh, but getting to my shout outs, I always shout out my beautiful wife, Catherine, uh, my baby girl, Audrey and my great Dane pup Maverick. Uh, thank you for giving me an amazing, great first father's day on Sunday, uh, which was yesterday. It was amazing. Uh, thanks for the gifts. Hey, you've seen it throughout the course of the show. I got this amazing Yeti water bottle with the Sox logo on it. It's pretty awesome. And off screen over there, I've got a Star Wars digital pinball machine, which is just badass. So I'll just put it on camera briefly. You can kind of see it all the way over there. So, shout out to my wife and daughter and my dog for the amazing gifts. Uh, they outdid themselves for my first Father's Day. Uh, shout out to all my family, everyone who supports me. (coughs) Um, and a huge shout out to Sean Sierra. What a dynamite guest. Thank you for joining us, Sean. Uh, loved having you on the show. Uh, shout out to you, Vinny. Love doing the show with you every week. Love doing put on your socks every day. It's just a ton of fun. Uh, and a shout out to our two boys, uh, Vinny, Vinny, Zim and Gonzo, who couldn't be here with us tonight. But, uh, we appreciate you guys as always. And to the chat room who's really fired up tonight. Uh, thank you guys for having so much conversation. Uh, thank you, Travis, for the Father's Day wishes. It was great. Thank you. Uh, it's like literally living in a dream. So it's it's amazing. Thank you. And I think that covers it all. Huge shot. And lastly, a uh, shout out to Aldo Gandia, the barkeeper, for letting us do this every week and putting all this great content on the Barroom Network. He's every
3: He's everyone's, everyone's dad, dad. on our, on these shows.
2: He's the Barroom Network dad, and uh, yeah, as, as we mentioned earlier, Mike North Advantage coming up tomorrow at 9 a.m. talking about Tony the Russa and the White Sox, amongst other things. Dan and Aldo tomorrow night, Bear Their Souls talking about all the stuff going on at Hallis Hall this week. So don't miss that. Finney's got cross on Crosshawk and Bard on Blackhawks. Greg Gabriels talking football this week. Tons of great stuff here on the Barroom Network mash that subscribe and like button and listen to the podcast, whatever you can do to support us. We appreciate it. Uh, It means the world that we're able to do this every single week. And most of all, Vinny, let's get this W tonight. Let's finish it off. I won't talk anything else about that, but we're hoping for the best possible outcome. And then uh, we'll be back here next week. And now we can talk about the guest. Finally. Sorry, I, I feel like I have to like roll out the uh, the red carpet now. But we are finally able to say that we get Alyssa's in-stadium co-host, Ryan Lee, the new in-stadium host at Sox Games, also on KISS FM. Ryan's going to be joining us next week, officially making his South Burbs Hitman debut. So Ryan Lee on the show next week. Do not miss it. Right here, 8 p.m. Central, only on the Barroom Network. With that said, Vinny, it's time to get out of here. For the Barroom Network, I'm Joe Mandel. That's Vinny Parisi, the two guys in the distance, invisible today but always with us in our hearts, Steven Zimmerman, Chris Gonzalez. And Vinny, why don't you give us one good Let's Go White Sox or something to get out of here, and then I'm going to roll those credits, baby.
3: Make sure you put on your socks in the morning on Twitter.com. I end it by saying – every single time let's go go socks Socks.